It's Big Chuck from Elite Eight Showdown. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network? You can find all of our podcasts over at professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. Also, every month we're going to be giving away any one item to a Patreon backer at the $5 tier or above. Check out patreon.com slash professional casual for more information. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, welcome to the podcast on Planet God Dang Earth, where we pick anything and everything to face off in an 8-subject bracket elimination tournament. This is Elite Eight Showdown. I am your host and certified son of a bitch, Big Check, and I am not only joined by my comrade, my cohort, my co-conspirator, more importantly, my co-host, Tim. You have fucking ruined my life, and I hope you're proud of yourself, France, but I am also joined. Oh, I'll get back to you in a goddamn minute. I'm also joined by the host of the Carton cast, the Watchtower Justice League Review podcast, the standout character in the, in my humble opinion. At Lost Omens. My humblest, oh, go on. Humblest pains. The best character. The best thing to happen to this network, and more importantly, the best thing that happened to Tim since Crager. Mm. Medium-sized Ben, welcome back to the show, but good buddy. Thank you. Still medium-sized. I yeah. have not gone up or down a size category. I'm very excited about that. I like you at a medium size. I feel like that's a good spot for you. You also, you failed to mention that I was the one who certified you as a son of a bitch. Because you were unregulated before then. <laughs> It is true. It had been talked about. It had been rumored, but it is true. Yeah. But who actually pushed the paperwork through? It was you. It who was actually you. threatened That's the barrister. True. Yeah, it wasn't Bricker and Bond. No. That's for sure. No, it was not. One hundred percent. It was the uh, the old certified grade eight all American Angus cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Son of a bitch. So let me tell you why I fucking hate you, Tim. Real okay. quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um. So that's what I'm here for. Uh, you. We did an episode. Mm-hmm. Now infamously known as the Bussy episode. <laughs> oh boy. And oh yes. It gets better. It gets way better. Uh so I cringed a little bit yeah. when I said it. I've gotten at least a little bit better about when I say it, that mm-hmm. I don't literally cringe every time. Uh I knew that there was going to be some backlash. Yep. I knew that this was going to haunt my literally my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it was going to seep into literally every aspect of my life from this moment on. I thought, OK, I'm probably going to get it a lot from you on the show. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to message me a lot on the show. Did I think it was going to happen in every channel of our discord over at <laughs> patreon.com slash professional casual network? <laughs> or professional casual sorry uh no i did not we enlightened a lot of people that day yes a lot of people people had learned what the what that word was and what it meant uh but it got worse tim Mm -hmm. because you went and put up a little clip on facebook that everybody saw including my mother (laughs) who then proceeded to ask me what is a pussy god and I said, because I refused to tell her the truth, 
It's just a male cat, mom. It's not that big of a deal. She goes, oh, like Colby, our cat, who now every time she wants to get the cat goes, here, pussy, 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 cat, here, pussy, 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 cat. You have ruined every aspect. I cannot escape this ward now. And because my mom knows that it makes me cringe, she does it all the more. Because if there's nothing that brings her more joy in the world than sugar that is destroying her diabetes, it is torturing her son and making him cringe and trolling him like she is a neckbeard on the internet. Are you proud of yourself, sir? I'm proud of him. The short answer, yes. Uh, long answer, very yes. Uh, I never thought we would have gotten the reaction uh, that we've gotten. Yeah, uh, I had people that I didn't even know listen to the show reach out to me uh-huh. and be like, "How can I fit fit bussy in a sentence to Big Chuck?" And I was like, "How how are you aware of that?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I saw the video drop," and I was like, Ugh. "All right, oh man, I, we're waiting uh, over here for our last convert." I don't actually know what it means. I didn't uh, <laughs> see the clip. You don't know what bussy means? Do you want do you want to enlighten me on 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 the air? No. Oh, boy pussy. Oh god. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's oh, okay. it's boy it's boy pussy. Sure. I don't I don't like I don't like the word. Like right. let me let me ref- let me now, let me and, set the record and, and to straight. To be fair, you also didn't like Big Mommy Milkers. I didn't Yeah, I don't oh god. I don't like Big Mommy Milkers. I'm either. a huge fan of Big Mommy Milkers. I don't mind. Pussy. I am <sighs> I hate you so much. Um I don't like I don't like I don't like pussy either. That's a drop. Um, it's uh, the alliteration of it. Mm-hmm. Bussy or pussy. Like, I don't, I don't like all, I'm all for it. All the better. It's, it's kind of like the slur or the N word kind of category for me. Where like it's, you, you get pe- other people have more license to say this thing than I do. I'm not going to play sure. with fire. It's my moist. Most people cringe at this word moist. Okay. I cringe at pussy. Every I time. question that statistic. I question that. I don't think I've ever met a person who actually hates the word moist. Yeah. I think that that's a no, meme. No, I know some people. Or I know ointment. That was like a meme before internet. Or what? Or ointment is another one apparently on that list. Ointment that... is a delightful word. Yeah. Right. I have a I have a friend who cringes it. It front loads all the vowels, so you don't got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Get them out of the way. Yeah. Eat get them out of the way. First. Yeah, you got to pay for them anyway, so you might as well get through them. You know what I mean? Right. Um... <laughs> I, I fucking hate Pat Sajak. I'm so glad that motherfucker's dead. Um, but what about Vanna White? Is she guilty by association? No, I mean she's just a she's just a turn lady. I would <laughs> realistically that's what she is. She's a turn lady. She turns the things. I mean, yeah. <laughs> business cards. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the business cards. Yeah. She's a model. <laughs> they have your occupation model slash yeah. turn lady. <laughs> they work. They work. They work with Michael Kors and she does the modeling all the time for him. Yeah. I still watch. Uh, I would still realistically still bang Vanna White hard on that wheel as much as she would let me. She is looking good for 60. Like, I, good for her. Yeah. And as we all know, I do love a good gilf. There's not a lot of stuff I wouldn't throw it at. Vanna White is certainly in the list of things I would. Mm-hmm. I want to leave her bankrupt by the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, morally. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to leave her bankrupt financially if I could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, we could figure it out. Could we? Yeah, I we'd mean, get her, we'd get her in like a, a, hard, reverse alimony. a hard 7% CDC annuity. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. All back end I mean, sales charges. We already took down the Westboro Baptist Church. We could do this too. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Um. So let's talk about, so normally I have a, 
normally I have an embarrassing story. Mm-hmm. And I do have one. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell this one real quick. Uh, so when I was in college, I took a class uh, where we were talking about I don't even remember. It wasn't casino management because it wasn't that teacher, but it had to do something with casinos. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about people cheating. And I had remembered a story that uh, that I thought was a news article about how uh, some guys had rigged the roulette tables um, and had devised uh, the dice to be like magnetic and they were able to flip them. And as I'm telling the story of what had happened and things like that, I realized halfway through my story that this was not a news article. This was a plot to Ocean's one of the I was Ocean's say, movies from the documentary <laughs> Ocean's Twelve. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was Ocean's Twelve. I couldn't remember the number. A live reenactment. Yes, and instead of me just stopping like I should have, mm-hmm. I kept going and just telling the whole thing. And shout out to Gabe, that motherfucker from across the other side of the room goes. Isn't that the plot to Ocean's 12? (laughs) In the middle of the class, and I, instead of being like, you know what, you're right, I don't know why I thought this was a a real thing that happened, I went, no, it really happened! It was a thing, it was based off a real thing! And him and the girl sitting next to her look at each other and go, no, it was. I go, yeah, it was a real thing, it was in an article, and I, for ten minutes, hounded in that this was a real thing, until the teacher finally just goes, whether it was real or not, and looks at me, the point is, people cheat, try to cheat all the time, and this is what happens yeah. at casinos and things like that. Now, that was embarrassing enough for me. Mm-hmm. Did I let it go? No. I followed that motherfucker out of the building and confronted him out there and called him a piece of shit for calling me out in the middle of class and how fucking dare he do such a thing, making me look like an asshole. Yeah, you could have just rolled with it. You could have just kept your mouth shut. And he looks at me, he goes... Are you really going to have this fight with me right now? I went, no, Gabe, because I know you can kick my ass, but you're a piece of shit, and I'm going to make sure you pay for it. Oh, wow. That is where it ended. And then I walked away, except for I tripped and fell in a puddle of mud. Mm. Here's the thing. We all knew that was going to have that was how it was going to end. So there's just like one fucking rock that was like always in the way because they would have to move it to Wayne. Yes. Yep. Specifically. Yeah. Uh, that man is solid. You know yeah. what I mean? Can I get around him? Um, there was always this like, they always moved this fucking rock and I wasn't paying attention because they had to mow around it and then they put the rock back. It was mm-hmm. a whole rock thing. Yeah. Um, and I tripped and fell because it had rained that day and I fell in a puddle. And, uh, you know, shout out to Gabe. We're still friends. Like, if Gabe listens, I don't know. But oh, I thought this was your payback. No. 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 no, no. Have you made him pay yet? Uh, I'll tell you off air. Um, Ooh. So, yeah, I'll tell you off air. Just okay. in case you listen. I don't think he listens, but just in case, I'll tell you off air. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> uh, that doesn't make my top most embarrassing uh, list. Yeah. You know what does? Top's Cancer Kid story. That's up there, baby. That's yeah. on a list, and I can't wait to tell it. Not true. Uh, in fact, I've had several people tell me you should never tell that story in public. Uh, but... If we get 55 star reviews, Tim, mm-hmm. we are going to, of course, do our or my not yours. Yours is at 100. Mine's at mine's at 50. Right. Uh, most embarrassing moments. And this month specifically going into May, May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. Um, something that we actually do take very seriously here on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are both big advocates uh, for it. Uh 
we we get heavy handed with the idea that men's mental health is not a real thing. Correct. Right. Um, so much so that uh, sometimes I think people don't maybe realize that we're joking because we just hone it in so hard. We 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 have certainly maybe overreached before. Yeah, uh, because we know our humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know who we are. We're shitlords sometimes. Yes. Uh, here on the show. But for the month of May, every five star review that we get in the month of May, we will be I will be donating five dollars. Uh, and I believe the 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 talk was the channel was going to also do this as well. Um, I, I personally was going to. Oh, you personally. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was you personally or the channel. No, no. Okay. And by channel, I meant you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you and I mm-hmm. will both be donating for every five-star review. We will donate $5 to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention charity. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was a word after prevention. Nope. You okay. know what? I'm going to get in on that too. Let me know how much it is at the end and I'll I'll, I'll jump in on that too because I take that seriously. Yeah. And yeah. and you know what? Uh in honor of uh men's mental health awareness uh or men's suicide what was it? What was the month the month was a particular thing. What was it? Yeah, it's uh for May is uh mental health awareness, awareness. month. Yeah. For mental health awareness month, uh I'm going to pledge to have a severe case of depression uh retroactive to 6 months ago, ongoing to this day. I, that is very big of you. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I know. It's well, I mean, you know, it's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I forgot how much I love Ben on the show. Yeah. Should I not have made a joke out of this extremely serious moment? No, I'm going to step actually back from the super, mic for a minute. No, we super actually appreciate that. Uh, no, <laughs> had to I, cut the tension somehow. No, I super appreciated that. That was so good. Uh, no, uh, very realistically, like I, I think this is something that both Tim and I have wanted to do yes. uh, for a while. Yep. Um, all, all you guys have to do is give us a five-star review. It gets us one step closer um, to that... F- 55 star review uh episode which depending on how that goes this charity might actually help me out a little bit you know what i'm saying right because there's nothing worse than me having to relive eight of the worst moments of my life because we say most embarrassing three of those moments maybe even four i kind of forgot what i put on it now are arguably some of the worst moments of my life yeah that i'm going to have to not only tell watch tim have to take it all in and then decide which one of them was worse. Right. And then I have to deal with the trauma that I've now put on him much like I, uh, traumatized the 16 year old, uh, while I was crying in my car, counting out exact change for a diet Coke the other day. Uh, I've never seen a 16 year old just look absolutely mortified before, but shout out to that one. Cause, uh, he is not going to be okay after watching a very large grown man blubber in his car that Spanish love songs is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we are really going to wonder what happens when my mom dies and she can't bail me out anymore. You know what I mean? Um, she, uh, her name is in a lot of stuff for this show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to talk about the AFSP real quick, American yeah. Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can check them out at AFSP.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run a couple really great events. Uh, they run out of the darkness walks. Uh, at campuses and in, in towns and cities all over the U.S. Um, that I mean, I mean, they're very basic walks, but they go out with banners to to raise awareness for um, suicide prevention, um, as well as they are a huge proponent of uh, Survivor's Day, which mm-hmm. is a huge day of support and awareness. 
for people that have lost loved ones to suicide. Mm -hmm. Great charity. They do a lot. Many local chapters. Um, if you have time, please, please check them out and, um, you know, support them how you can. Yeah, definitely. Um, keep them in the back of your mind. Come December for giving Tuesday, things like that. Yeah. Um, it is actually a really solid charity. Um, one of the few that I actually support, um, cause I don't support a ton of charities, but the ones I do support, I go hard on, uh, yeah. and American foundation for Suicide prevention is one of them. So with that being said, let's make some dick jokes, boys. Shall we? I mean, oh, man, I held my breath for so long. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, of course, medium sized Ben is back because today mm-hmm. we are crowning the greatest King of the Hill character of all time. Mm. I forgot what won last week. Of course, we did the best supporting character of all time. The was I a, believe we did. And wasn't it Khan? Most underrated supporting character of all yes. time. And no, it was Lucky. No, it was Khan. No, no was I think lucky. it was Khan. Because I put Lucky on the list, so it was Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's any, And by Lucky, I mean Khan, because it is definitely marked that it is Khan on the other thing. If there's one thing this research team is really good at, it is keeping us on task. Um, yeah, so Khan won uh what would have been a couple episodes ago and or just the last episode last episode when this drops yep earlier tonight yes uh earlier this week um earlier tonight because these episodes are much faster than we expect them to be so we're able to do two back to back without mm -hmm. any problems uh clashing with our sleeping schedules yes correct. there wasn't a need to pause for two weeks for any reason as you can see i am still wearing the same clothes yep Uh, everyone (laughs) else ergo everyone else did take a quick break as we did get a little heated yeah in the last right. king of the hill episode absolutely uh i did not bring a chain uh, had a quick I, I, shave as yeah. well <laughs> i did not bring it's a, just how uh, i refresh you know man i really wish manscape was a sponsor right now baby you know uh, you know what i pitched someone on buying the manscape lawnmower 2.0 yesterday i got a 3.0 out now and um he was like is there a professional casual network code and i was like oh shit no just tell him i sent you i guess <laughs> I mean, that's something we could probably get. They give it out to everybody. So, yeah. Uh, we should definitely look into that because your boy needs a new buzzer and kind of wants to get one, but doesn't want to uh, A, pay full price, and B, wants to give money back to the channel instead. Yeah. So um, shout out to Taylor, Throwlash Gaming, yep. uh, who's the one that's like, can anyone recommend a trimmer? I'm sick of bleeding every time. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like. He's just got to watch the movie Heavyweights or something. There's got to like, be that's, a better way. That's the way. tutorial oh, for holy shaving. shit, yeah. If you can do it to a balloon in a contest, a, a, a Dude, a, a I've decathlon. never been so proud of any, like, teenager. Yeah. Like, yeah. in fiction or in real life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I probably, I, my guess is I'm not going to ever have kids. And if I don't, the reason will be that I can never be as proud of them as I could of uh, the kids in Heavyweights <laughs> who shaved the balloons. <laughs> The bar was set too high. We plateaued too early. Yeah. 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 No, that's totally fair. Also, I won't have a dog because none of them are going to be able to dunk as good as Airbud. Well, you could train him. No. Could, no? Air- no, I'm, how, I'm how? lazy, Chuck. Right. It's fair. Do you know how good <laughs> Airbud is? Yeah. I've so speaking of uh mental health, I used the to golden cry receiver constantly during Airbud. That part where he tries to put him on the garbage island and Bud just won't leave him alone. He's like, No, go, I'm telling you to leave. I fucking I remember grabbing my cab, you're like, You're never leaving me. I was like four. 
Is that the same that pussy that you have now? I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> so it's a different pussy. It's, oh, God damn it. Gotcha. I hate you. I hate everything that you stand for. I mean, the old one was a legacy pussy. <laughs> the old it still legacy doesn't bussy. feel good saying uh, it out loud. Oh, God. I don't like I don't like the show anymore. You I need don't... to normalize it, man. That's a lot of no, I don't want to be a part we of it. We do this. not need to normalize it, Tim. Why? Uh, let's not get into it. <laughs> Let, let's count the ways. Number one. <sighs> we'll put it on the list to apologize for later. Okay. Um bracket number one. Let's get right into the show, guys. You know, I feel this is starting to feel like an old episode. You know? Mm-hmm. Like bit. season one. Yep. Old season one episode. But we're talking about bracket number one, of course, brought to us by Built Bar. Head over to BillBar.com, use promo code ProfessionalCasual, all one word to check out. Tim, mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, we got stuff we can't talk about, but we can't technically talk about it because it's not dropping for another month. Right-ish. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some new flavors that they released. Yeah. Raspberry cheesecake. Mm-hmm. My boy. Yeah. I'm a big raspberry cheesecake kind of guy. Yeah. I, I'm not a cheesecake person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, dumb. to each their own. Yeah, whatever. You're stupid. It's fine. Can I make up a flavor and yes. then say that they do it? Mm-hmm. There is a very coyote, good coyote. Sh- coyote mustard. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> coyote mustard. I so there regular is... and ranch style. <laughs> well, the ranch only comes in built boost, I believe. Yes, but you're right. You're right. Filled with <laughs> filled with B vitamins. <laughs> uh, it'll it'll keep you going. Among other things, oh, right? Oh God, that I'd eat it. I'd yeah. try it once. Listen, they've they've earned some karma. They've earned some. They've got some background, right? Very legitimately, I would absolutely stop at a roadside barbecue place called Coyote Mustards. Oh like, yeah, yeah. The, if only I, to ask whether it's somebody's last name. Right. Yeah. I would go out of my way on a road trip. Okay. Yeah. To go to Coyote Mustards. Yeah, that's very nearly a wonder of the natural world yeah. at that point. It's it's like on those billboards that uh you know those old cartoons have the long road trip to like the Grand Canyon because that's apparently where all families go. Correct. And they always have those roadside attractions. Coyote Mustard is definitely one of those. Mm. Right next to the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, fireworks. Yeah. There's always fireworks stands along the uh, Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. But you can't shoot them off at the Grand Canyon. You ain't got no whispering buttholes. <laughs> her skradoos, her skradones, <laughs> or whistling kitty chasers. That's not what you want. It's the consumer. Joe Durr has taught me more than I want to give it credit for. Mm-hmm. I was wondering where the reference was coming yeah, from because I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. I mean, 3 3 a.m. on Comedy Central. You can catch it whenever you want, bud. You know what I mean? Do you think that David Spade is best known for Joe Dirt? And how do you think he feels about that? (laughs) In the back of his mind, he was like, man, I was really hoping Dickie Robinson would have taken off. But it just it never got the credit it deserved. No. It doesn't have that mullet power. And I know what I'm talking about, people. (laughs) Before yeah. I got the mullet, I didn't. I hadn't ascended. Now I understand the truth. That's true. Yo, now I, I know that this meteorite is just a big frozen hunk of poopy. <laughs> There's a piece of corn right there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh yeah, we're doing a show. Bracket number one. Uh, so this is the guys. This is this is all the main characters plus Khan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I would I would argue that he's pretty close to a main character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I almost kind of would have bumped him off, but he's. You know, he's still he's not in necessarily every episode. He came in kind of late. 
I well, Chuck, you know what's great? He's got a lot of good. He's got a lot of contenders mm-hmm. that he's up against, he so does. he might get bumped off anyway. Yep. Well, let's talk about bracket number one, which is really, I think, the the two biggest powerhouses. We got Hank Hill going up against Luann Platter. You think Luann is one of the powerhouses of King of the Hill? Absolutely. You never were watching King of the Hill, maybe seeing a new episode for the first time, and in the first three minutes, you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, it's a Luann episode." Uh, no, because without Luann, you wouldn't have gotten lucky. Accurate. I yep. mean, I mean, granted. Accurate. I, I, I do like Luann as like the outsider in mm-hmm. the family unit. Like this is the invader, uh, specifically about how she plays off of Hank. Like when Luann is like showing any leg, and he he he'll like visibly recoil. It's just a very fun kind of. Yeah. Yes. It's a fun dynamic. Right. And not only that, but so. Uh, so hold up. Yeah, I would argue. For for fun, just it's fun to argue. Yeah, I would. That's ar- why we're on the show. <laughs> I would argue that without Khan, there is no Lucky, because Khan is the one that brought Lucky into the show. Right, but they could have written they could have written him off after that. Episode. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I also so Hank is the main character. Without yes. without Hank, this entire show doesn't really exist. Right. Ever a uh, virtually every story ultimately revolves around Hank interacting with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Luann was kind of a plot device originally. She was supposed to kind of be the cousin Cody. She's supposed to be like, but she also was like, she was kind of like in his way all the time. That was like kind of the whole thing. She was the ditzy one. She was what she was supposed to show humility for Hank because Hank doesn't show him humility towards Bobby, but he does it constantly for Luann Mm -hmm. because Mm. he ultimately doesn't, have any connection to Luann other than he's her uncle by marriage technically you know like right. not blood uncle he's it's by marriage mm-hmm. but he still takes care of her he still treats her like like it's his daughter more often than I, not he gives up his I don't, den. I don't know if i i don't know if i'd agree with that i feel like it's an extended favor to peggy you know yes. like it's it, and it may be not even a favor but like something that because what i love about hank and we can talk about hank here what i love about him is this extremely rigid set of principles and ideas of how the world works and just how inflexible he is when any new you know observation comes to light so right. when, when luann comes in and his rigid set of principles is like i have to not like her but I can't kick her out because she's family. Yep. And those those two things just tell you everything that you need to know about the relationship. Like, I, I feel like that's a fairly obvious, you know, way for I don't think that he views her through any prism other than like responsibility that you can't do anything about. Yep. Obligation, really. Yeah. Yeah. Obligate like family. Therefore, I can't do anything about it. So it, I'm just going to grimace. And that's my life. Mm-hmm. OK, I will agree with that. But. There are moments in the show where Luann becomes more than that to him. He steps up and plays God during her uh, manger babies ma- during the ma- <laughs> during the initial manger babies where the um, Dallas Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? So he he ends up showing up and and doing that. He was not obligated to do it realistically, right? He did it. I mean, possibly because of Peggy, possibly because of you know, something other bigger than that of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But he still showed up and did it because he ultimately, he loves her. He constantly takes her in after she gets kicked out of an apartment or something goes wrong in the apartment. He constantly keeps taking her back in. He had that guy, a 
assaulted by dolphins for yeah hitting on her and uh right and i don't think he did that out of because i'm obligated to do this because he, i think he does it because he actually does care for her he actually does love her he actually treats her like a a, a daughter more than just a, and he also treats her like bobby at times you know what i mean like so he treats I think he's her- got it less invested in her than bobby so the relationship is a little bit more liberated sure like it, yeah. with bobby well the problem is that he's trying to like have this father-son dynamic that is just not gonna happen there. Right. Um, and like that causes him a lot of grief. But Luann, it, like nothing he doesn't really expect anything of her. So the way that she is doesn't really get in the way of their relationship. Well, and especially early on, that boundary is very clear. While it, when Bobby is doing something that would not be socially acceptable to Hank, he intervenes. When Luann does it, especially in those first few seasons, it's a very like you can tell he wants to interject, mm-hmm. but will not. He's, no, that's the mother's job. He's one, <laughs> yeah, he's one step removed, so it is right. not his problem. But he's going to grimace and obviously want to to scold or 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 help or you know give condescending advice to, but but I, doesn't. I, yeah, I do think that it, Chuck, you're you're. I think that you're right on the money that there is like a unique relationship between. Luann and Hank specifically because they don't have that father son like um, right. that that next of kin I need to teach my progeny how to be a man kind of v- mm-hmm. vibe that mm-hmm. dynamic so we can just have kind of a much more freeing uh, father child relationship without kind of all of the mm-hmm. all the baggage attached he's more honest with her too especially right. early on yes uh, very very much so I will also say this and my, the reason why I think that she is uh, a powerhouse of a character. The last three, four seasons, the show becomes the Luann show. It starts following her development from being the kind of naive teenager, um, failing out of beauty school, going back to beauty school, failing out of beauty school, going back to beauty school, doing all of these things to where she becomes an established person. She becomes pregnant. She meets Lucky. She gets married. The story becomes her Mm -hmm. because Mm. we never aged Bobby. So we never had that coming of character story. It becomes the right. Wayne's story and how Hank has kind of facilitated taking care of her to become an adult. Yeah. Because now she has to. Those last three seasons hmm. are all about Luann. That's an interesting, you know, I never realized this about my, uh, about like all the sitcoms that I watch. Cause like you watch the Simpsons, the kids never change cause they can't cause they're, they're very like well-defined archetypes, mm-hmm. you know, Bart and Lisa are around 10 to 12, somewhere in that age. And they're in grade school. Bobby is kind of in the middle school dynamic. He can't change a lot because doing so puts him kind of in a new archetype. Like he's going to start having like body changes and whatnot. Luann is like that, um, young adult not quite anywhere that just fits like a decade in between like yep. you can have her do a bunch of storylines and it doesn't actually like require the passage of time she's, but the same cannot be said for bobby she's 21 to 30 she's somewhere yeah. in that range and you can do right. a lot of different stories with and that. Yeah. realistically she's i never the, thought of that she's the only one who ages mm-hmm. you know what i mean like rose nobody else really you see a. they all consistently say the same both in appearance and age and development of cotton dies does that count (laughs) that's like aging i mean yeah but kind up until he dies is the same age the whole time he's just (laughs) the grumpy old man you know what i mean i and then, I, I, and then I would maintain dead. that he is the same age for 50 years, probably. I will say, I yeah. think that there is some aging with Khan Jr., Joseph, and Bobby. Joseph specifically. As, as a trio, maybe. Yeah. Because they do an entire episode where 
Joseph goes away to summer camp and comes back and has now the gone mustache. through puberty. puberty. Yeah. Yeah. And becomes 12 feet tall and, and you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, and we do see some development between him and John Redcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, both good and sure. bad. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, we see so, a lot with Dale. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, I do like Luann. Uh, I think that the line reads are really good. Like that accent is just like very well observed and like to have the ditzy valley girl uh, kind of aesthetic or, you know, um, uh, the, 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 the ditzy, you know, Texas girl kind of aesthetic uh, in, in this extremely like sturdy, rigid family is like, I don't know, the vapid airhead it, it archetype really works in that. Um I can't I can't imagine her beating Hank, though. <laughs> like, yeah. like Hank is the core of the comedy in the show. And right. the, I, I played a drinking game with uh, some of my friends in college one time where we each picked a character and uh, on King of the Hill and we watched King of the Hill and said, whenever a character does something, you know, and we would relate it to that character. So whenever Boomhauer says, I tell you what or no. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. That, that is Hank. Uh, whenever Boomhauer says uh, dangle, a dangle. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Um, or or some, something to that effect. And the person who uh, picked Hank just got sloshed by the end of it because his was whenever Hank is uh, dismayed at his homegrown sensibilities being assaulted or something to that effect. Cause it's every joke. Every joke is just him being uncomfortable yeah, that yeah. the world isn't the way he remembered it. And that, that, that is so, that's so tight. <laughs> it's so well observed all the time. Consistently. I do like one of my favorite bits with Luann specifically was that, yeah, she was supposed to be the, the vapid blonde archetype until there was something mechanical involved right and then she was a fucking savant yes like (laughs) and she learned it all from her mama you know what i mean like and Mm. i really appreciated that so and and those were the the things that i did really appreciate about luann was that and whenever she would refer to like well yeah there's the one time that my daddy or mama stabbed that guy with a screwdriver like just the the insane amount of violence that was in her upbringing it's very yeah she kind of is reflecting the trailer park type of texan yes. whereas most of the time we're getting the suburbia type of texan mm-hmm. right which is weird because you look at her as a character and you would not expect it like you kind of expect her to be like the sex appeal character right right she's the she's the christina applegate of king of the hill kind of you know what i mean uh, one of the things that i like best about her is that she doesn't realize how beautiful she is in in like the you know uh, stereotypical demarcators of attractiveness kind of way because yeah. just all around her are like these really dumpy looking men like lucky for instance yeah. <laughs> you know and she i don't think she ever really recognizes she doesn't have like a good standard to to grade that against yeah yeah uh 100 percent. uh but we got to pick a winner here guys i, I mean, mean it's Hank not, has to move on yeah, it's not that it's, close it's I guess. unfair no. to go up against him it is uh bracket number two Brought to us by Raise Energy. Use the link below or head over to Rep Sports, R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Use promo code Professional Casual at checkout to get that sweet 15% off your yep. order. Uh, I So I'm working 12 hour days now, uh, you know, to pay for uh, once again, to pay for your chiseled bronze uh, statue mm-hmm. for your. Thank you. Birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now the welded one out of wood uh, for Kreger, yeah. um, which he doesn't know about yet. So, Kreger, don't listen to this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, but we are uh, I, I'm living off of Baja Lime 
It's mm. it's stupid good. It's so yummy. I yep. like the strawberry colada too. I'm about to put in an order because I'm running out. Yeah. Uh so I'm I'm picking up some uh picking up some extra stuff. Apollo is the one I really want to try. Yes. Because Star Blast is the uh bang that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh I just want something that tastes like America. That's fair. I've I've been hoping to try Krampus and Krampus Light. So Krampus Light um is probably one of the best tasting diet beverages that tastes I, I would actually say that Krampus Light tastes more like regular Krampus than regular Krampus does. And I, I mean, think negative 100 calories. That's not bad. Right. Right. It's like turbo celery. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Because you got to like affix all the mechanisms in order to get out of the bottle. So you're working up kind of a right. kind of a sweat. Doesn't need peanut butter, though. Like <laughs> no. celery does. That's true. But it does go. It does pair nicely with peanut butter and ants. Yeah. 100 mm-hmm. percent live ants. Yeah. Fire ants, if you will. Uh, yeah. If you I want will. spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you put regular ants in Krampus Light, they actually turn into fire ants. Oh, so there you go. Kind of the best of both worlds. <laughs> but head over to Razor. I, I hope you guys are getting ready for me to do that for every single one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're here for it, baby boy. Uh, okay. Yeah, head over to I'm going to put a... Uh, I'm going to put an order in probably pretty soon. Use that promo code Professional Casual all one word at checkout. I had just bought a, three cases of something that uh, is not a sponsor on this show, so I'm not going to plug them uh, solely because of uh, their newer stance, uh, especially with the little Nas X video. Uh, and then I just went crazy and said, fuck it. I guess I'll just buy three cases because it's cheaper. Who? Uh, Liquid Death. Oh, awesome. Liquid De- so Liquid Death promoted it uh, on their uh, Instagram. They're just like, because their whole thing is like they're metal, right? Yeah. Like they're the murder your thirst uh, canned water, which again, it's it's just fucking canned water. But I, is it, that power thirst? Is it like that kind of? It got pretty energy? close uh, in the comments. It's so. crystal meth in a can. <laughs> um, I love the power thirst shit. Yeah, it's really oh, fuck. Um, but I like, I love, I actually legitimately liquid death in a can has grown on me i'm trying to not use plastic i want it in one cans and things like that sure um but then they they posted a thing about the little nas x video uh they were just like yeah we're like we are this is a great video uh for the montero i think is the uh, the song where he's he is going down to hell and he grinds and does a lap dance on the devil kills him and becomes king of hell right. which i absolutely love and his whole stance was i've been told my entire life that i'm going to hell and now that i'm here you're all pissed you know what I mean? And I've done exactly what you wanted to do. And I used what you weaponized against me as a way to uh, take it for myself. And I've now pissed off all everybody because of it. Right. Uh, his TikTok, by the way. Amazing. Not what you would expect at all. I love his TikTok. He actually had me convinced that he got breast implants. Like I got <laughs> I got tricked so hard on that. Um, but they posted a thing. And then, of course, the shitlord uh, metal guys are like, oh, I'm not buying your shit anymore because you support him. And they were just like, well, we're actually super uh, like everybody who works here is super LBGTQ community and we're super supportive of that. So bye. We don't need your money. Um, literally every single comment, which I super appreciated because they didn't have to do it, but they took a stance and I appreciated that. So I bought three fucking cases of water. Nice. Um, because of it. And I, like I also needed water. Yeah. Um, and uh, so bonus. Yeah. And if you I figured out the best cost per for uh, the best cost for shipment was like three cases for me. OK, because um, like, you get a discount. Also, those of you who do want to buy, it, you can get it through Amazon. 
Cool. Prime, nice. if, if you want if you want to get it. But they're not a sponsor, so fuck them. You know what I mean? Right. Buy Raise Energy instead. Promo code Professional Casual at checkout. It's Bobby going up against Boomhauer. Now, they, here's here's a tight... This is going to be a tight com- competition, tight honestly. Right. Now, this is a very tight butthole. I, I disagree. I think this one's pretty loose butthole. Uh, because, okay. Because Boomhauer's barely a character. Uh, he rarely gets storyline. He's mostly a, a background object um I will, and outside of maybe two or three very specific instances one where he's dating the ice cream woman and now she won't come around anymore because he was uh kind of a womanizer and maybe two when you see his mom and he can't oh, understand let's not forget patch let's not forget the episode where patch shows up who's pat was that the dog no, no, Patch is his brother. His brother played, like a, uh, played by... Oh, uh, the wedding episode! Brad... Oh, oh shit, I did name? forget about that. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt played him. It was, I think it was Brad Pitt, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that is such good character development for Boomhauer, how he's, like, taking a look at his life of, like, f- philandering with women mm-hmm. and, like, sleeping around and, like, living large and just kind of taking it easy and everything and, yeah. and seeing where it leads and being pretty on unhappy about it it just like kind of added a depth of flavor to him this is what i'm going to say about boomhauer boomhauer it's very obvious that bill is the tragic character because he is sad boomhauer is actually the tragic character every story to me every storyline that is based around like that is a boomhauer specific episode Mm -hmm. is always based around him that has lost something that's come back into his life but not in the way he wanted it to or he has lost something that meant very much to him or he has realized that he's become something that he did not think he would become the episode where he finally (laughs) fell in love for the first time and the woman didn't love him right oh yeah the the episode where he finally got his car back that had been in the bottom of the quarry where they all lied to him about right they all had lied to him about it because that was his favorite car yeah the uh, the part where you know the womanizer uh with the ice cream lady episode when his brother shows up all these events are constantly sad and tragic and we (laughs) see that and how it plays out to him and the fact that he isn't a primary character the fact that he is kind of in the background and he always is this kind of nonchalant dude. He is a prime example of why men's mental health is actually should be taken very seriously. <laughs> he is the, you know, he's the silent sufferer. One hundred percent. Yeah. that You know what? I think that um, Boomhauer is the lonely character who knows it. Mm-hmm. And Boomhauer or uh, Bill is the lonely character who knows it. And Boomhauer is the lonely character who doesn't know it yet. Like he's going to he's like he's the he's the kid of the group right Mm -hmm. like so he can hang around these slightly older guys and he can kind of tell himself like yeah man you know i'm still young i can i can still like you know kind of kind of mess around and Mm -hmm. stuff but like i think as the years roll on he starts to get like uh i I think he starts to get sort of like this uh perspective right like oh this is where i'm headed and maybe that's not actually what i want and maybe i I, I take your point i think you're right on the money there i think he is pretty lonely tragic character and his coping mechanisms are more socially acceptable than bill's 100 percent. also all i will also say this um the fact that you said you know he's the youngest of the of the of the group right Mm -hmm. so he kind of is the only redemption story he actually has where he kind of wins in the end is when he beats the fucking little kids at surfing at the at the water park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was his one victory on the show. Yeah. 
You know, he doesn't get a lot. He doesn't get a no, lot. But I guess he he does get uh, in that patch episode. He comes across as kind of a good guy. Yes. Yeah, but it's still a pretty rough road to get to that point for him. It is. It is. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, he's going up against Bobby. Yeah. Bobby's a strong contender for best character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not really. But uh, <laughs> but I like Bobby a lot. I, I, love I think Bobby. that uh, the way he just like is very it's sort of like something that I had in my uh, childhood where like. I could act out if I wanted to, but my ways of acting, because like there weren't the actual like structure in place, kind of uh, any kind of act, like factual discipline. Mm-hmm. No one was actually like going to ground me or anything, but I wasn't interested in like the bad kid stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> I just interested right. in kind of acting out in these minor ways. Uh, maybe I, go go ahead. Bobby and I were one in the same. Right. So yes. I was going to say I projected a lot on Bobby as a youth and got to a certain age where I started to project on Hank instead. Right. I Bobby and I were very much one in the same, except for I didn't actually care as much. No, I cared more than what Bobby did when it came to actually having acceptance for my father that I was not getting. Mm. I don't think I think that Bobby is kind of detached in that uh, aspect of things yep. where he just kind of realizes, no, like actually my dad does love me. It, it, he has a hard time trying to show it, but I love him too. Well, and he, that was one thing that I did not have. And that was what made it very different for me. Yeah. I, I certainly think that he assumes that his father feels the same way towards him as his mother does. Right. He is heavily mothered. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's something that I experienced a lot. So I don't think that that uh, that thought even comes into play. Like, I, I don't think it's even on his radar that his dad might not disapprove of him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really relatable moments with Bobby, too, because mm-hmm. a, a lot of his arcs are all about kind of growing up moments that we sort of take for granted now. But like the episode where he like gets his first kiss from a girl and doesn't know what it means and thinks too much of it and then gets kind of, you know, kind of get gets gets dumped pretty tragically like that stuck with me you know like that that feeling of wanting something so bad but not really understanding how to play it um he's just a very relatable character yeah and and he brings the most out in hank because he's like hank's window into the modern world Mm -hmm. uh oh my god when when hank uh had makes has to check all the music yeah yes uh is one of my favorite episodes and they end up going to it was a four score I think it's the band they end up going and seeing. Um, but also something that I was very envious of of Bobby is Bobby still gets to be Bobby, even though Hank tries to stop him. Yeah. I and I, I was very jealous of that because like he takes he gets to take the the class where he, you know, uh, where they learn manners or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He gets to do that. He gets to be Gilbert. When they go to the, when he gets to go to the south, and I absolutely adored that. Yeah, Bobby. He has so much fun with costumes. He yeah, loves costumes. He loves costumes. He he's a lot like Hank Venture from uh, Venture Bros in that way. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of like puts on different costumes and tries different shit out because that's how kids are supposed to be. I am the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's very beautiful. It is. Um, I also I I I mean he also goes to war with his dad, uh, during the episode where uh he takes con's uh dog to learn how to you know to do the dog competition dancing competitions yep uh little things like that like he is kind of the weird balance for hank that i don't think hank never really knows how to handle Mm -hmm. never really knows how to 
do anything about it. He's just trying to make him be like him, and he can't because right. Bobby is right. so strongly independent, despite the fact that he is absolutely mothered, uh, you know, too much. You know, uh, think about it. <laughs> I mean, they literally let him go live in a doghouse. You know what I mean? Like because of the allergies and things like that. But like, mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. So they let him go out there and live in it. You know, uh, Bobby is the most adaptable mm-hmm. and genuinely adaptable character, probably on most shows that I've seen in Very any much. situations that he's put in. Mm-hmm. Not only does he rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. One hundred percent of the time, he excels at it. <laughs> yeah, yes. B- Bobby, go, uh, Bobby, go, stay under, like, uh, go hide under the stairs for two hours. Okay, yeah, right. It's just always this. The one episode when he has to go to boot camp because Cotton wants him to like become a manly man, and mm-hmm. like, yes, <laughs> they have that speech at the end where it's like, well, the thing is. Yeah, he is mush, but even if you stomp on mush, it's still just mush. <laughs> like mush kind of has the edge in the you can't in the break end. Him. Yeah. Yeah, when, is that when they shove him in the like the bunker in the, in the hole and he yeah. just yeah. naps for three days? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think Bobby's got to win it. He's just there's too much more character there. I, sure. I will agree. I, I my only argument is that like I think Boomhauer is the actual tragic character um, over Bill, but I I agree. There's so much more with Bobby. Yeah, accepted. Yeah. yeah, I did just watch the episode where they make a bluegrass band and Boomhauer sings. Yes. yes, and that's pretty. That's pretty good. The, Blue moon on Kentucky, keep on shining. One of my fit. What I I still re- not that episode, but I still reference the Propaniacs episode where I will go the Big D Rusty Shackleford constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bracket number three, brought to us by uh, the only people who help us take out the trash here at uh, Elite Eight Showdown, Bearded Dragon Games. Head over to BeardedDragonGames.online. Check it out. There's stuff. There, yeah, there yeah. is stuff there. There is stuff that is newer. Oh, from the last time we complained about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, make sure to use code Professional Casual at checkout for free domestic shipping. And yep. if you order a hundred dollars or more, oh, baby. you get ten percent extra shipping. I love it. I mean, ten percent—that's almost twenty percent. Right. You're yeah. halfway there. Half rounds up. You know what I mean? 25 Idiot. is almost 20 is almost 25, which rounds up to 50. That's a whole pig. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd possibly want. <laughs> I, you know, I love a whole pig. Right. You know what I mean? One, please. Um, yeah, just go use promo code professional casual. Yeah. Check out. Get stuff. They got stuff over there. Go check it out. We don't actually know what's up there anymore. Nope. Nope. It's Dale. I'm arguably my, one of my probably my favorite character. Yeah, if there's a dark horse, it's it's Dale. It's the D. Yeah, but he's going versus. Up. I'm assuming Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> when the, that episode when Rusty Shackleford finally is like, I'm trying to apply for a small business loan, Dale. You need to stop <laughs> this. <laughs> but he's going up against arguably the true powerhouse of the show. I mean, physically. Uh, so- oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's Peggy Hill, voiced Peggy Hill by Kathy. Uh, I know I'm sure I'm going to butcher this. Najemi, N A J I M Y. No idea. Who is the? She is the second hottest girl in Hocus Pocus. 
the movie. She's the other she, one. So she's not Sarah Jessica Parker and she's not Jennifer Connelly was the hottest person in Hocus Pocus. Talking about. Wasn't Jennifer Connelly in that movie? No. Oh. Um look her up. You know, uh, she will definitely be on the uh oh I know that actress episode that yeah. we're doing uh probably in season three. Blew my mind that these were the two people because I both both characters I found sexually attractive on a motherly level, which was really weird for me. So it was weird that it was the same person. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, guess it's just that kind of thing. There was like a hot like year where I was banging out a lot to Peggy Hill. Don't ask me why. I'm not really sure. But was it that was it that feet spanking website? Yeah, it had to have been the feet episode, right? I'm not a feet guy. Oh. Like I know I joke a lot on here. Like feet kind of gross me out. But weirdly enough, I like I like it because she seems like she's she seems like she's a freak. Like realistically, it, like is it interesting that like feet like there's people who like detest feet, like can't handle bare feet, like even the sight of them or anything. And then there's people who are sexually attracted to feet. Why? Why feet? And like, why did like hands don't get the same treatment? Hands are just hands. Well, that's not true. Is that, is that weird to anyone? No, that's not true. And very specifically, Ben. I would recommend if you are looking to make some extra cash. I mean, you've heard of a foot foot job, but who's heard of a hand job? Well, that's riddle me this. Totally fair. Um, but if you that's true, if you do want to make some extra money, I do know of a website. Um, it's called OnlyFans that needs a very niche market filled, and that is hands and feet specifically. Oh, fetishes. Uh, there's very small market out there. Uh, or there's a very lo fairly large niche market out there that is not being filled. I have people who are very upset that there is not more hands and feet content over on OnlyFans. It's all in the DM, so that's why. No, even that they're just like, it's not really like there is not one specific thing that's like, hey, here's a daily post of my feet. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend, especially if you're male, there is a even nicher who will pay top dollar from my understanding, of females who want to see men's hands and feet. Okay. So if people are looking to make some extra cash. It's uh, either OnlyFans or Zoolander. One of the two. I don't know. What's the movie? Yeah, they had that one hand model yeah. with a lot of glorious shots of his uh, hand in that um Played by that case. David Duchovny. Was really? it? Mm -hmm. I only All I remember is Beat It. <laughs> I like literally only remember. <laughs> I only remember two lines or like one line from that movie. And that's the, I'm a hot little potato right now. Cause I constantly say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that in the files are in the computer. I just, yeah. <laughs> and I just want somebody to start an only fans, uh, hands and feet thing. Only hands. If you will, I'll, I'll put it on my, I'll put it on my Excel spreadsheet. I'm telling yeah. you, that's the best I got for you right You're now. You're making a ton of money. You're just letting money sit on the table here, people. OK, that's um, going to be my goal for season three to get somebody to do it. Tim, you got a hot take on either uh, Peggy Hill. I'm Peggy not Hill. talking about feet. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I think Moving we filled on. our quota. Um, uh, Dale's probably uh, might very legitimately be my favorite character in the show. Fair. Uh, absolutely love them. Pocket sand is Pocket still sand. something I reference on a regular basis. Yep. A friend of the network, Sarah Burns, yeah. uh, got a wedding dress with pockets in it uh, so she could have sand in it. <laughs> um, 
that's commitment right that's she's not gonna get her deposit back on that dress dale gribble is the horcrux of king of the hill um wow yes he is the segue for so many great side characters um he regularly he's that 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 element that can bring in anything if you want to do a plot especially about something topical the way you introduce it into hank hill's life is Mm -hmm. dale yeah that's that's true counterpoint he is side plot personified he isn't main plot like he's very rarely part of the main focus of the episode and when he is it's usually centered around like something that's kind of unrelatable like he you know it hasn't slept for five days and holes up with a rifle on top of a tower somewhere (laughs) or like he has a whole plot devoted to uh him getting probed by aliens which didn't actually happen like it's just hard to sink your teeth into a lot of his side plot uh, into a lot of his like big dale gribble dives right he's he's usually always part of the the first echelon of uh of outside of the main main plot yeah he also wrong he also sees a ton of change within uh well actually what i super love is we see a lot of change with this character within one episode and then always ends up being dale at the end yeah like when he gets a job in an office oh it's so good i love that episode Uh, you know, and he becomes the guy who fires people, and that's like the whole thing. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh wow, we don't like this version of Dale at all." Right? That, Nobody. That's, I reference that side joke of him packing nine smaller lunches throughout the day. I reference that so often. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite bits. He, but he also <laughs> like he also has the moment where he becomes super patriotic because he realizes finally where the grassy knoll actually is in the JFK shooting, and realizes, "Oh wait." Maybe this actually isn't a conspiracy. Maybe the whole time I've been wrong mm-hmm. and there wasn't multiple shooters and, and then becomes this like super patriotic guy. Right. And that's the whole thing. And like, I absolutely love that. He's like this conspiracy nut. Right. And he doesn't and he doesn't trust the government, blah, blah, blah. but he gives his money to the NRA, a government organization <laughs> lobby group. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. I absolutely love the uh, the stuff. Any any plot where something bad is happening to Hank, the pure delight that Dale gets out of enabling that thing. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, fire ants. Especially if it's cotton. Yeah, if it's yeah. cotton or the fire ants in that particular episode, he yeah. just... There's something so pure about the delight he gets Yes, out of just slightly annoying Hank a little bit more. And Hank is the only one who, like, is keeping him from killing himself. So, like... <laughs> Which is it's extremely spiteful to like cut your own rope like that. Yes. And then he has and then he has these moments of like he actually is a genuinely good person who cares about his friends, but he goes at it. He he tells people what he wants to hear, specifically Bill. The episode where he joins the uh, acapella group and he gives one of the greatest, most savage lines I have ever heard in a show ever, which is, you are the shit that stupidity... No, oh, fuck, now I forgot what it was. You are... Go back. I just saw a clip from that episode I, the other day, too, where he screams at them in the church or whatever. Yes. Um, but just, like, he, he does these moments where he gets, like... He's so... 
And though what makes him so great as a character is he's so blissfully ignorant of the things that specifically have to do with his life. Mm-hmm. He's so detached from reality, but not that like he still doesn't. He never does. He ever really find out that Nancy had been having this affair for all these years. No, no, they paper it over. Yeah. OK, so like it never happens. He rather would believe that Joseph was a alien baby than that it was John Redcorn, which is bliv- like blatantly in his face. Yeah. Right. And things like that. Well, and I love episodes with Dale where standard King of the Hill episode, Dale's talking about his crazy stuff. Everyone's a little condescending towards him and you move on. Then you have those beautiful episodes where another character in some way, shape or form is brought into Dale's world where he is the one talking condescending to Hank because he doesn't understand the the going rate of alien urine or very specifically his interactions with Peggy, where he kind of has this understanding coded in fear relationship with Peggy. Yes. That is just so, I don't know. I, I, I for whatever, I just really like it. Their interactions specifically, how they only have two modes and it's either completely in sync teaming up Peggy and Dale all the way or the polar opposite pure antagonistic uh, for chaos reasons and chaos reasons only it, it's you know and it's it's everybody is kind of living by their own internal metric and it's very hard to shove them outside of it which is where like the core of the comedy comes from yes. especially with like Hank is that he has a very particular set of rules and whenever one of them is uh, challenged in any way comedy falls out right uh, that's also true of dale it's just that the rules make no fucking sense which right. is right always a fun dynamic for me i would argue that like you know you mentioned the pure ignorance and the confidence in one's own ignorance mm-hmm. is what kind of propels dale i think that's also true of peggy but it's weirdly it's much more grounded in reality if- which makes it like a lot more like the office which is a really hard self like when it's dale and it's like crazy and he's still confident without reason it just makes me laugh when it's peggy and she's confident without reason it makes me cringe you know yep yes yep he's peggy is very much the like lawful good and dale is kind of the chaotic good you know what i mean like they they both have moments of being. I don't think either of them are good people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's also kind of the thing. Uh, uh, the quote: uh, "This cor this chorus is the feces that is produced when shame eats too much stupidity." Is probably one of my favorite lines ever in the history of that show, because like he genuinely loves Bill. You know that he does. He loves to fuck oh, with yeah. him, but he loves Bill so much that he's like, because if he wanted to get rid of Bill, because he always jokes about like, I don't care about Bill, blah, 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 things like that. Bill was going to be a wall, like labeled as a wall. If he did not snap out of this, like essentially cult trance that he had with this acapella chorus group. Yeah. And it's Dale. It's Dale that finally convinces him of all people. You know what I mean? The guy who realistically probably cares less, except for maybe Boomhauer, of of Bill, of the of the core group. Hank tries and tries and tries and tries and tries. And it's fucking Dale who, because he just unloads a ether of just fucking savage, just destroying him until he passes out because he couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dale is so good, but Peggy is kind of like she is. She has a sense of pride and stubbornness, mm-hmm. 
that is just so infuriating yet you're you're proud of it almost yeah so and you know what they, they they also both have like those really high end commit like they're high risk high reward characters a lot of the time yes um where like if you're introducing dale you kind of have to devote a lot of energy to it but you get a lot of payout that's also true for peggy because she it requires like a lot of startup energy to get a good joke out of her but when they land they fucking slay me mm-hmm. like when um like uh, when she pulls her groin because she was trying to do a fireman's carry with Bobby to prove that she could still carry him. Yes. And then Bobby says, oh, because you pulled your groin. And uh, and she just says, well, that's not true, Bobby, because ladies don't have groins. <laughs> I just fucking lose it. I lose my mind over shit like that. Like the confidence. There's no doubt in her mind that this is 100 percent accurate. And Hank isn't going to point it out. So there's no challenge to that. Like she considers herself the intellectual elite powerhouse of the whole like yeah. Texas. Yeah the whole uh you know us that whole like neighborhood organization and just no one can shake her out of that also i like her ladies book club of louis of uh of nancy and uh and min i i just like how they like sit out on the patio talking shop every time that happens i'm i'm delighted um we're um, i know why i want to fuck peggy right we all do now yeah so i want to fuck peggy specifically because much like Julie Bowman, which once again, apologize to Julie Bowman, you are hot. Sure. Um, she's got hot mom energy. Does she? Yeah. Think about it. If there is one woman who's going to give you an over the pants handy really quick in the between like soccer game and, 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 and recital practice, Peggy Hill is going to crank your knob as quick as she can to get you off and then get back in the van and get going. Oh, yeah. Like she is going to be all fucking for it. You know what I mean? Like she is going to fucking send that shit. I, I, I do not know what you mean. I think this is crazy energy you're putting out into the world. Yeah. I do not think that she is attractive even a little bit. Not but I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to yuck your yum. She's man. also going to call it a Peggy job. Fine. So I'm, <laughs> I'm even more ego. into it. Um, she is like I want to give her like the pegger, narcissi- you know what I mean? Like she is a narcissism elemental. Yes. Truly. Yep. Yeah. Like it's it's incredible to like delusional levels. Like that's the thing that I I think I'm probably going to give Dale the edge on this one because like Dale is just as insane, but it's not even focused on him. Like he I don't think he thinks that highly of himself. I think he's got that Gollum complex where he kind of hates and loves himself. Mm-hmm. Peggy is just way too full of herself for me to like <laughs> conceive of her as a human being that i could have any kind of interpersonal relationship with yep peggy's superman peggy <laughs> peggy is very, peggy is henry cavill <laughs> yeah well but, but very realistically she's the character that like is supposed to be the good the good character right she's she does everything right and blah 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 but you just don't like her i don't know i, I think she's like, the, you like she's the inversion of that though because she's so yeah easily proven wrong like she's that the, the yeah, king she of the will never formula it. is inverting all of these archetypes right right we're like uh hank is like the proud strong father figure but he's actually you know he, he has can't no actually ass and adapt. a narrow urethra <laughs> exactly like pretty unmanly characteristics for a lot of these things and also like is unable to cope with a lot of just very minor modern conveniences he's actually a very weak person unless he's in his exact right element mm-hmm. right. and peggy's inversion is like she's supposed to be this intellectual elite who knows how to do everything in the super mom uh but but she's it's so easily it's a it's a house full of cards you know yeah i will say that but also peggy I don't want to say this. I like her a lot. Like, like 
Right. I, I don't I don't want to be around her as a person, but I like her. Peggy as a character. is constantly this way, though, this idea that she's um, like she is narcissistic and she's determined, mm-hmm. stubborn to an almost Herculean level and things like that. Because she Herculean, I like <laughs> um, because she has something to prove, because deep down she has a ton of insecurities that are mainly projected because of her mother. That has always mm-hmm. carried over from that way, right? So she's just constantly, I think ultimately, she's just constantly battling with herself to not give in to her insecurities. Right. God, they, they have so much family trauma that it's never on center stage, you know? It's just, like, always kind of in the background. I mean, like, very occasionally on center stage, but, like, you just feel the failed expectations of both their parents on them all the time. <laughs> so I, I think, <clears throat> for me, with Peggy, the only thing I dislike more than a Luann episode is a Peggy episode. And I think it's because you have a lot of characters that are wrapped up in their own ethos Mm -hmm. and, and in their own head and, and playing by their own rules. Peggy is the only one I feel like usually without redeeming qualities attached. Mm -hmm. Dale at the end of the day is in fact an absolutely loving and supporting father and husband, uh, regardless of what the situation actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, Bob, terrible friend, terrible friend, right? (laughs) Uh, Peggy, because of the ego attached, it just takes on such a different connotation where it is both ignorance cranked up and ego is somehow surpassing the, the, the ignorance part. Sure. Um, there are a couple bangers here and there. The, the Apple Brown Betty thing from the, uh, the yes. country music festival episode, um, is great but peggy and meatballs but even the the best parts of those episodes that are peggy episodes aren't peggy right Mm -hmm. the the um the paddle episode uh where she paddle and peggy paddle and peggy yep uh the best parts were like dually i saw your mom's underwear (laughs) (laughs) um and just yeah i think i think very much peggy is the straight man to to the comedy in the show that's what she's designed to be she is she is the vessel for everybody else to get their jokes out really and yeah. for some people a vessel for more than that accurate <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> um i think Fair? the the mother i described earlier uh-huh. um that threw away my friend's uh magic deck because yep. it had demons on it and she knew better yep not referencing the show. Wait, wait, is that real? Yes. Oh, was it not in the it show? It was not on the show. Yeah. We, me and my buddy, very young, were playing Pokemon cards. Everyone was talking about Magic 2. We got Magic pre-built decks. Mine was a blue-white deck. His was a black deck. And his mom was a Catholic <laughs> school teacher. And she flipped. This was the Satan panic, wasn't it? This yes, was satanic panic. It was. Holy shit. I was, I was never that close with anybody who was into that. That's amazing. Yep. So she flipped on holy shit. And she had the same ego stuff that Peggy has. So maybe I unfairly assessed Peggy because I projected so much of this kid's mom on her because it was the same stuff. She would. No, I think it's a fair assessment. Like, that's clearly what's driving 100%, her. Like, Peggy, she's a cautionary tale on, like, why you shouldn't make parenting hmm. about you. You should make it about your child. That's. Yes. Yeah, 100 <laughs> 100%. Coming from a guy who doesn't have kids. Absolutely correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can speak with authority on this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
very really Peggy is not a character. She's kind of the antagonist more often than not. We just don't view it as her because she is married to Hank. You know yeah. what I mean? And and there are more predominant antagonists antagonists in the show that go mm-hmm. up against Hank very regularly. Mm-hmm. But she is very much the antagonist of the story. Dale is the chaotic antagonist, but also kind of wins in the end and yeah. things like that. She is just consistently the bummer. She so really specifically, I think her kind of whole point is that she's there to let you know that Hank doesn't even get a break at home. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, the whole henpecked husband thing, right? Right. Because he goes through all this shit and then he has to go to the fucking boggle tournament afterwards, too. Right. Or listen to her bullshit. And he's comp- might be one of the best questions whether Hank is aware that she is the way she is or whether he's blind to it. Does he know that oh. she absolutely does not know how to speak Spanish in any way, shape, or form? Or does he just play along? That's a great question. I think it probably comes down on it doesn't really matter to Hank. Right? It doesn't. So she which- kidnaps a child from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not the best. <laughs> that's you know, fair. now that we're talking about it so much, I realize that I have a lot more attachment toward Peggy than I do to Dale. So I actually think I'm going to end up going giving it to Peggy because she does... She's like she's very a very well defined character, and she makes a lot of those plots possible. Even though personally, I find her difficult to deal with sometimes. I don't think the show works very well without her. It's hard though. Like yeah. I like Dale a lot. I just don't think he's as important. Um, as a as a huge proponent of Khan and Min, yeah, their relationship with Peggy and how much they hate her, yes. <laughs> makes their character better so i'm willing to give her some credit okay uh if it was against boomhauer absolutely i'll give peggy the the, the not dale is just that's a hard one for me to swallow yeah that's fair okay uh, we got we got a chuck breaker then yeah. chuck breaker um while I while I want to bang Peggy, I don't see Peggy winning this tournament. I can see Dale, and Dale is a better character. And I'll tell you why Dale is a better character. The Falcon Air episode specifically. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought about that while driving the other day and almost died. <laughs> of that Falcon chasing down Bill yes. and how much delight Dale got out of it. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever is this. Falcon, go up, do 14 loop-de-loops. Come down, bring me back a mouse or whatever. Takes the hood off and it, it immediately attacks Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my absolute favorite moments. I am going to say that Dale is the better character, I think, overall. Peggy is a necessary evil that none of us really enjoy having there. Dale is a delight when he's on screen. You hate him. You kind of hate him because of just how much chaos he can potentially cause. Yeah. But I mean, well, and they both have a, the same trope, too, especially in the beginning. Dale's opening line is a Ford, huh? That stands for fix it again, Tony. Like, <laughs> right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Little, like little things like that. And his his character development is so good. Yeah. Like throughout the show, he just gets crazier, but it all makes sense. Peggy. So here's the thing. Ben said something earlier that was unfortunately way too accurate uh, in that. Dale is kind of side character personified. Like he just, right. he, he is not a leading man. 
Um, he's B plots. Like if you right. go and look at three random episodes, he will only show up in B plots. Granted, he is he, but he makes he's seasoning. He makes other yeah. characters better. Peggy does the same thing, mm-hmm. and very honestly, probably does it better. I didn't really particularly care for Cotton until Peggy and Cotton started fighting as hard as they did. Right. Um, Hank's wife. <laughs> Well, and just that so many other characters felt the same way I did towards Peggy. Right. Made them all better to me. Sure. Ah, Peggy Hale. Like, just. <laughs> uh, That's a pretty good man. That was a pretty good man. Yeah, okay. But Are we putting Peggy on then? I'm fine It sounds with like it. you just talked yourself into it. Yeah. All right. It's what, it's what it sounds like to me as well. I don't agree, but I'll let it happen. Right. Dale's the better character. I like Dale better. Yes, I agree. If you um, like Dale better, then put Dale in. Well, I, I think makes, both of them are fine but here. Peggy makes all of the other characters that I really adore better. Right. Here's the good news. She most likely will lose to bracket number four. Uh, okay. Bracket number four brought to us by our sponsor this week. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so this is the last week of TS underscore Melanie. Yep. Uh, next week is actually the... Um, the last week of it but yep. here is week some might say two some might say yep. three of uh laura riley uh, yes. at ray straza on only fans ray straza uh, make i sh- remember that this time yeah make sure to check her out she's on tiktok uh twitter instagram all under the same tag ray straza uh she does lewd and sometimes nude cosplay material very nice. Do we have any uh, Peggy Hill cosplays with the big feet? Oh, if only. Oh, God. Ray Straza, get on yeah, that. Yeah, Ray Straza. Yo, I'm mean, here for it. Listen, you. Yeah, we got we got one subscriber waiting for you yeah, here. Yeah, you have one. Yeah, you have one specific one. One, yeah. Uh, Very appreciative, Chucker. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you are correct, sir. Chuckers only. <laughs> Um, checkers, big checkers only, checkers baby. only fans. <laughs> but that said, make sure to go check her out. Uh, super cool, super awesome, and she does a bunch of lives on TikTok too of her doing uh, really intricate body painting. Nice. If I had a TikTok or had any interest in uh, joining TikTok, I would probably check that out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the worst thing I ever happened in my life was getting on TikTok, but fuck, do I love it. Um, she streams WoW sometimes too, which is red. Oh, oh sweet. okay, that, that's a bit more accessible. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have her pulled up here. Uh, on uh, uh, holy shit. Do you now? Yeah. Holy crap. All right. That is definitely worth. Yeah. Yep. Oh, she's right up your alley, bud. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Stream she isn't local. Bracket number four. <laughs> it is. I mean, my favorite character. Because I relate to him on a molecular level. It's ah. Bill. No. Oh. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> Why? You think I'm Khan? No. Really? I mean, I like William Khan William Delatour Deltrave. <laughs> uh, Bill, it is Bill, but he is going up against Khan. Yes. An absolute, I mean, our winner from the previous bracket. I love Bill. Bill is the perfect mm-hmm. character. He he just wants to do good by everything that he does. And he fucking can't. He everything he touches absolutely gets murdered and turned to absolute garbage. And then you think there's no way that Bill's going to make this worse. And then he fucking makes it more worse. Yes, he 
he was supposed to be this breakout football star in high school. He goes, joins the military to make him to for the betterment of his life. No, he got drafted. No, he, uh, jo- he joined. I, I, be- I think he joined. I believe he joined. And then like ends up becoming a barber for the military. Right. Like that, like that was the progression of mm-hmm. his character. And he just like, he was married and his marriage is literally what causes him to have this fucking endless spiral just chaotic destruction of life. Yeah. And when she comes back occasionally, he literally believes that he is her at one point. Yes. Christmas episode, right? uh, Was it the Christmas episode? Maybe. I might, I might be. I'm not Bill. (laughs) It's one of my favorite episodes. He gives me some of the greatest episodes. Like when he starts working out, Gives me my favorite line ever. No agony, no braggity. It's probably my favorite oh my line of all fucking time. Because Macho Man Randy Savage is in that episode for no fucking reason. Yeah. Diedrich Bader's in that episode. Mm-hmm. One of my, uh, and more importantly, Bill is played by the winner yes. of our bracket. The, Spoiler alert. The no, best. it's been super. I know. Yeah, it's but. been super past. The greatest character we, or the greatest actor we don't recognize. Steven Root. Steven Root. He is who? Stephen Root Milton from Office Space. Oh, yep. And voices yeah. Bill. That's a that's another character who like, you know, uh, those like flashcards that they have in like theater camp where like you'll have people in different poses and it'll have like the word that describes the pose. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very just like depressed. Like it, every time you look at Bill, he's in that pose. Yeah, one hundred one hundred percent. Uh, I absolutely, I absolutely adore Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Khan. I, I made it very clear in the last episode that I, I don't, I don't like Khan as a character. Really, he's yeah. got his moments, and I know he's a very tragic character in the sense of he just wants to be the best, and he really isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have Bill to- and pa- Connor. You know, Bill and Connor kind of like at different ends of the whole uh, kind of class culture clash sort of perspective that we talked about last time where like Khan is he thinks he's better than this group and he's sort of like Mm -hmm. to associate with Hank and the boys would be to demean himself to to lower himself to their level whereas like I think that for Bill it's like a feather in his cap one thing I I do really like about the uh, so I love and hate these characters going up against each other Mm -hmm. Uh, I hate it because I don't think Khan can make it out of this and I really want him to Um, I I feel he could have beaten Boomhauer he maybe could have beaten maybe could have beaten Peggy I don't know right Uh, I think I think he could have beaten Luann but Bill's Bill's a tough one the thing I love about these two going up against each other is they are both really great almost elementals of their own particular type of mental illness Mm -hmm. uh con being a manic depressive and bill just being a depressive depressive. yeah Um, Uh, depressive uh, borderline schizophrenia at times you know what i mean like it just mm -hmm. he's a he's he's an absolutely and they handle it so well. Well, and that's the thing. I think normally in a, in a show, especially a, a primetime Fox animated show, mm-hmm. um, you might get episode maybe one or two uh, that displays a, a particular and dives into to, to mental illness. 
they actually give two very great examples and flesh out both of the characters. Right. Uh, and I really appreciate that a lot. Uh, they very much normalize it as, as it like, yes, they do it. They do, they show it and they use it as a comedic effect thing, but it's constant in the, epi- like throughout the entire series. Uh, yes. And no, Bill, it, it's kind of used as a punchline while, while Khan was that particular episode was actually treated with a, uh, a very respectable level of seriousness. I, well, I will agree, but Bill, I will also say this, Bill often brings it on himself. Bill yeah. becomes the punchline because as a guy who can all his life very much understand, if if you got to be something in a group, why not be the punchline? Because at least everybody will still like you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're fulfilling a role. Right. Yeah. As, as long as I got some role in this group and Bill understands that he is kind of the punchline. But every once in a while, he then fucking stands up for himself. And you're just like, where is this Bill all the rest of the time? Why aren't you this guy all the time? Yeah. But he does. And it's because he gets his own in his own way. He very much there does. Are a couple of. There's a couple of good moments with Bill, like where he uh, it, like in the um, episode where he thinks that he uh, that the placebo drug ruined his life. But at the end of it, he kind of like stands up for himself and like lays down the law to prevent his friends from getting in trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like um, there was this one really great moment where uh, he was talking to somebody about getting over loss. It might have been with Boomhauer about how like li- I listened, I damaged goods you know my wife left a lot of scars on me but i'm still gonna show up at the prison yard with a bouquet of flowers the next day anyway or or something there was some context dependent remark that he made that was just pretty sweet and like hopeful and optimistic for somebody who's been through so much Mm -hmm. that is very yeah i so i like those moments with him and he's more textured than most butt monkey characters like um like meg from family guy or something and that he's not just a punchline Mm-hmm. He's still a butt monkey character, and I, I, I always have a very hard time just accepting those. Like that, it just it it makes me feel too bad to watch them consistently, kind of f- be the one who is is put upon in that way. And there's there's different levels, especially when you look at someone like Meg from Family Guy. That that's all it is. There's nothing more there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Bill, there. Sometimes it's endearing. Sometimes it's hopeful. Sometimes the cringe is drawn out for the entire episode Mm -hmm. where he's smashing potholes into the street so a lady will trip and he can be her savior. Like, yep, there there are certainly different levels to it, but when they commit, they commit. 100%. Um, I will also say that Bill has a really, all these really great moments of where he is the he is the he's the lesson he teaches the lesson right we see that in the episode with the barbecue where he's teaching bobby he's carrying on these prides and traditions that he has yeah he's carrying them through he he's a very genuine person to himself and he stands up you know he keeps his he keeps his honor he keeps his word but he does stand up to gobert at that point yeah which we we do not expect no um we see it one of my like one of the favorite episodes of understanding who Bill is as a character is the episode with the flag that if, like the gigantic uh, flag <laughs> from his from the military base. Yes, that the, like, he is willing to install a giant uh, flagpole. So this flag that means something to him specifically mm-hmm. and he has saluted it every day does not 
have to be burned and 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 destroyed right and then he ends up having to deal with it anyway like he still has to go through that grief of having to get rid of it because that is the culmination of all the horrible fucking things that have happened in Bill's life. And this was the one thing that brought him happiness. And he tries to save it. Like every other relationship, every other connection, everything he has tried his fucking hardest and he still has to burn it in the end. Well, and it's just one of those things that he identifies with so hard and right. an item that has outlived its usefulness and yep. needs to be retired. Right. And he's yep. just so yeah. terrified of, of that being something that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I, I still, uh, end up not liking him very much. Just, uh, you know, I it is it is hard to see a character so consistently sad. And the fact that he is a well-made character does not make me like him anymore. I think I end up just liking Khan a bit more. I think that he's he's a more useful in the class commentary perspective. And I think that him as a newcomer to the to the group is a little bit better. Um, Bill rounds out the group, but the group is still there regardless i think yeah so i i, I would give it to Khan, but i i know i'm fighting an uphill battle on this one you guys both seem pretty bill friendly uh no i'm all about Khan. yeah uh, about Khan. <laughs> oh Khan Khan is probably my favorite character in the show actually my favorite character in the show i think that when they do a con episode it is for something and it achieves something mm-hmm. every single time um his waffling back and forth uh, he's He's the same coin as he's he's the same coin as Hank, but on the other end, he he is super structured. He loves his own rules. He does not like to go outside of it. Um, And when Hank and and Khan work together or Khan and anybody, they become a fucking power team. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if Peggy and Dale help season and, and boost other people's stories and stuff, Khan makes them into absolute fucking wrecking balls. Mm-hmm. Um, his own stuff too, uh, the Ted Wasanasan stuff, I absolutely love. Constantly trying to hook she his daughter up awesome. with Chen, absolutely fucking adore yeah. it. Um, <laughs> his antagonistic relationship with Bobby that kind of turns a corner at one point shows actually some development that i don't feel a lot of other characters get especially because it's on a more permanent basis there's a very clear distinction when it almost feels like a rivalry with hank yes. honestly yep yeah uh his disdain for peggy uh matches my disdain for peggy right um <laughs> and and that really at the end of the day he has all of the ideals of hank he wants to succeed he wants to provide for his family and he wants to be successful yeah, the differences between him and Hank are kind of all superficial and grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't actually any ethical difference between their personalities and, like, how they revere the world. He's got very strict ideas on what his kids should be like, as does Hank. They're just in different directions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I think that, like, the the tragedy, like, the, the difficulty of Khan coming and living near Hank is that he has to confront that he is kind of the same as this, you know, hillbilly redneck very much and but and then we see those moments where they kind of see eye to eye on a lot of things right like the the episode Mm -hmm. i I think it's maybe in very early seasons where they're talking about how they discipline their children and that they both will send them to bed with no dessert right and Mm -hmm. things like that that they wouldn't hit them they're not gonna hit their kids but yeah we'll both like yeah oh yeah send them send them to bed without dessert it's a great punishment you know so there's those moments but con fucking hates hank i think he 
realistically, actually, I think he loves him, right? But he's just in constant competition against a guy who doesn't want to be in competition with him. And that's it's, it's part of his culture. Right. And it just his competition is his culture. Oh, 100 percent. And he just hates that Hank won't play the game with him. Hank yeah, constantly yeah, Hank won't care do at all. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Unless it's for the lawn. You know what I mean? I love a one-sided antagonism so fucking much. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite relationships in the whole show, and that's exactly why. That's totally fair. So Khan's moving on. So Khan's moving on. God damn it. Okay. Go get him, bud. Sorry, Bill. Hey, we like Bill. Yeah. Bill's a good character, but... Yeah. Man... I'm really bummed out now. Brian, our first semifinal <laughs> bracket brought to us by our other sponsor. Shout out, of course, to my good friend, Pony Danza. Head out, uh, check him out on Instagram, pony underscore Danza underscore paints, who has a very special message for all of us. And that is to take care of your feet. Wash them up. <laughs> lather them real good. Get in between the toes a little bit. A Peggy Hill. <laughs> Give him, give him the old Peggy Hill. Yeah, stop on some Chuck, could you put your pants back on for the rest of the podcast, or is that too much to ask? Listen, I only take my pants off because it makes because I don't want to get them wet while I'm taking care of my feet. That makes sense. Yes, of course. Very realistically, wash your feet, take care of them every day. Legitimately, uh, foot care is actually super important. Uh, and also, break uh, break bullshit stigmas and, 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 and gender barriers. Get a pedicure. 100%. It is the best fucking thing that you can do for your feet. Uh, and it will help with your smell. It'll help with the softness of your feet, keep them from getting callous, and inevitably will not make you have to get your toes chopped off. Uh, Take care of your feet. I, I, I've never had a pedicure, but I did one time have one of those like little tubs where the, the little fish eat the dead skin cells off of your feet. Oh, shit. You know those yeah. things that they sometimes have at like... Yeah, super good not for Not airport kiosks, but like, you know, like some like luxury kind of spa kind mm-hmm. of accommodation sort of places. Um, washing one's feet mm-hmm. or someone else's feet was used as a euphemism regularly um, in biblical texts. It's true. Yeah. It's all- oh, like the one the one part in Firefly. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Um, well, it makes sense because realistically, your feet are the hardest working part of your body. You- Especially if you're a horse. So if you don't want to be turned into glue. <laughs> That's true. Just saying. And as we all know, the same year that the Secretariat went missing, Elmer's glue came out with fast drying glue. <laughs> I don't know why everybody laughs. It is a true statement. It is an actual fact. Because it seems like a joke. It is not. Yeah, no one had to say it out loud, though. Yeah. I'm just saying. You're the one who did that. I, you did that I all yourself. I'm going to take Elmer's glue down come hell or high water here, all right? It's Bobby versus Hank. This is a hell of a fight. Yeah constantly up against each other what I, are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about because like so we didn't really talk that much about hank right in the in the last in the last bracket because i went off about luann for so long mm-hmm. hank is such a fucking good character yes he's got he's got these morals he's got these rigid rules he's got these honors that he has to follow he just He's kind of that failed character. Like he's blissfully happy in the part that he is that he is, right? Yeah. He's happy with his life. But there's little things that he just wishes that he could change, right? He would love to have the son that's an athlete. 
100%. Mm-hmm. He would like to not have Dale in his life. He would love to have his father love him. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and things and be proud of him and things like that. Gas monkey works for tips. You know, like, <laughs> 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 one of my favorite things ever. Uh, like it just little, uh, but like, and Hank. Well, he's, he's so clearly like the, uh, he's so clearly like the culmination of a father that the creator knew very well, like a man of the fifties who is now out anachronistic in his own life. Right. Like he's, he's aged out of his own life almost mm-hmm. like he, he can, mm-hmm. he can fulfill a role, but he, he doesn't, he's sort of a, you know, a, a, a dinosaur in, in most of the social senses. And yet he's such a dad. You know what I mean? He like is. he's so like the things that he's proud of, he's so proud of that fucking lawn. He's proud of his mower. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's little like he takes these such these prides. Like there's literally an episode where he is out to prove that his mower is the best mower. Yep. And he will say And it, with the 12 main angry men uh episodes, yes. the parody. Yes, and he will not let them leave until and then he's like he ends up standing up for his mom. Which is something yeah. that he struggles with throughout the entire series is kind of defending his mom and having his relationship with his mom as a whole. Uh, so uh, and they're in the same. Those are the same thing to him. You know, like right. his his domestic pursuits, uh, like his his home care and lawn care are equivalent to like the domestic pursuits of husband and father. Well, and it's. Maybe it's not very subtle, but the way that they write stories and progress for Hank Mm -hmm. always normally tied to some type of equipment or instrument, how the mower was tied to his mother because his father kept bashing the mom and the mower at the same time. And eventually he stands up to his father on both and for both his mother and the mower. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Propane is equivalent to his sexuality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The might might be my favorite episode of the whole thing. Um, Propane can be a lady, but she can also be a dirty girl. God. There's almost there might even be an episode um, corresponding to each level of grief for Hank when his truck dies. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he can't uh, cope with certain things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. He's, he's one, he's just so there's not, I, I, there's nothing I can complain about with Hank Hill. Right. He's, he's yeah. so great. He's not my favorite character by any means. He's no. not someone that I want to be when I grow up though. He was when, when I was growing up and finally was trying to get my shit together, as far as like role models for how you should live your life, Hank Hill is certainly not a bad no stride he has a he has a he has a very strong set of morals Mm -hmm. he lives by a code um he does love and care for the people in his life yeah like the part where when he no one else will correct right and like you look at so you look at the part with his dad he constantly feels like he has to take care of his dad because he does love his dad the episode where his truck gets destroyed and he has to get a new one is because bobby ran away Bobby ran to go find the like some part of the old truck. And that's what finally convinces him to buy the new truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things like that. He constantly takes care of Bill because he feels like he has to take care of Bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he knows if he doesn't take care of Bill, no one else is going to mm-hmm. Bill. There's a good chance that Bill would have 
killed himself a long time ago if he didn't have the friendship that he had with Hank. Yep. And Bill, it makes that apparent. But then it's also super awkward because Bill just wants to fuck Peggy. You know what I mean? Like he wants Hank's right. life. He wants that and he's never going to get it. But he accepts that like you're you're a tragic character to me, you know, and it is my responsibility right. to take care of you. He's the balance for Hank. Dale. Hank is duty. He's he's literally yeah. everything. He keeps Dale in check, or at least sane in public. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he keeps Bill alive. He tolerates Peggy. Right. Um, he literally everything he does for the most part is for other people. He's the most giving character. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's built it into who he is as a person. He's right. he is duty personified. And I will say the only time when he is not is against Boomhauer. Because for most of the tragic events that have happened in Boomer's life somehow pertain, except for uh, his brother, pertain to Hank. Mm -hmm. he, he Hank is kind of like when he meet when when you have to have a bad side of Hank, it's to Boomhauer. Yeah. And yet they still are friends and they still love each other. And it, it's super weird how that structure works. He's going up against Bobby. Like Bobby, Bobby is Hank's kryptonite. Yeah, he is. He he yeah. he hates that. He hates that Cotton loves him so much that they don't let you know that he doesn't have the relationship that he wants with Cotton that Bobby has with Cotton. Right. Um. He never knows how to handle or talk to Bobby and Bobby just doesn't like he cares, but he doesn't like he understands that Hank doesn't know how to talk to him yeah. and then tries to help him. And that makes Hank all that more uncomfortable and have to walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. But then we get these really sweet moments where like Bobby just wants to hang out with his dad. And if that means he's got to do the things that his dad wants to do, he'll find they created the propaniacs so he could hang out with his dad. Right. You know what I mean? He create he becomes a mannequin or a, a ventriloquist and learns sports stuff so he can hang out with his dad mm -hmm. and his dad. It's very sweet. And, and Hank doesn't want to do that unless it's something that Hank can get out of for his own enjoyment. Right. Right. I think you are. I think you are inadvertently demonstrating the weakness of Bobby's character, uh, which is that it is uh, it very much is there to build up hank's character like I, I, he's yes. sort of reactionary and it, it, it it's somewhat of an unfair comparison to have this to have hank against bobby because hank is kind of a fully fleshed out person whereas bobby is a bit more experimental and he's kind of still kind of working through some stuff and and he doesn't really you see less conflict in bobby's character uh, i think i mean than you see in 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 hank's i think he's just a less interesting watch overall for that reason I, I I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of conflict with Bobby. There's a lot of conflict with Bobby with other characters, not against Hank. No, nah, he's mush. He 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 kind of takes what he's given. You know, I'm, like uh, he he's not always happy about the outcome, but like he doesn't struggle with it in the same way that Hank does. I mean, I think I think Bobby understands when he needs to walk away from a situation because he like he has lost and he accepts it, which is he ate which is all some of that Ludafisk. And didn't own up to it. It was the stinky man, the man with a terrible <laughs> smell. Um, but like, but like those, those are the like. He has the one quality that both Peggy and Hank don't have, which is being able to admit when they're wrong and accept it. Both of them kind of like Peggy specifically does not have that, right? No, and and Bobby sure. is Peggy's kryptonite too, because when Bobby stands up to Peggy, Peggy loses every time. 
Yeah, that's usually true. Wait, really? Um, I thought it was the opposite. I kind of thought they were rock, paper, scissors scenario where Bobby always beats Hank, Hank beats Peggy, and Peggy is well, always the foil to Bobby. When Bobby's going around kicking everyone in the balls, <laughs> oh yeah, Peggy okay, Hill yeah, comes in to save exception. the All right, that is that is a good point. Notable exception. Yeah, but she, Bobby is usually in the position of like saying, like poking a very small hole in Peggy's argument, and she just like unravels. Like that happens a good yeah, amount of the yeah. time. And, and it's all because he's just a kid. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. a, he's a kid who's figuring himself out, and he doesn't quite like he does care. But he's going to be like he is going to be a prop comic. That is his goal in life. And even though it upsets Hank so much, like on a molecular level, does it upset Hank? Yeah, he doesn't care because he's going to do it. And then he sells a joke to Yakov Smirnoff. And it absolutely like there's there's a moment where Hank's proud of him because he did it. You've been saying it for years that you this is what you're going to do. And you did it. I think Bobby is the better character. I so I disagree. I I think personally, Hank wins here um, only in that Bobby. He's just all over the place. It feels like they're they use Bobby as a device, not as a character. Um, His now, granted, there are a few times that. In the episode where where Bobby, Joseph and Khan Jr. go into like that cave or whatever, and Bobby starts to struggle with the loss of like, well, this girl that he likes and has had this on again, off again relationship forever might like someone else um, had just a a really visceral, real, almost too real uh, response in the show. Um, Outside of a couple things here or there. He's just kind of, he is that mush. He's this enigma that just kind of fills the void that's needed in that particular episode, but and not much more. Can you argue that that's why he's such a good character is because he does fill these roles that you need him to fill? I think he's a good role filler. I think he is like, like there's no need for us to tear one down to prop the other one up. They're both excellent characters. Yeah, I right. found that I just, I got more out of Hank. And I gotta, I gotta just give it to Hank. I mean, on, Hank is a is a powerhouse. Is the show? He is the show. Without yeah, Hank, he is the show. You could realistically, you could probably lift Bobby out, and the show would still work. You can't lift Hank out, and the show still work. Correct. Um, but, and I think, I think why I defend Bobby so hard is because all the episodes that are Bobby centric, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. The moments that I love are because of like you know. I don't know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. my, you know that's not your purse and like in you know and fucking kicking people in the dick. Like those are the episode where he becomes a rodeo clown and he's just walking around ma- like letting bullies kick him in the ass. You know what yeah. I mean? Like little things like that and he has these he has these moments where like you think he's this pathetic character but he wins in the end because of the character that Bobby is. Mhm. That he wins. And it's what I want because I've lost so much in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I am Bill. I am not Bobby and I want to be Bobby. Well, he's a great character, but I think what makes Hank so relatable and textured is his uh, obvious flaws. And like, I don't think that Bobby has a lot of flaws, maybe by virtue of him just being a kid. Like he's just doing kid stuff. You know, you wouldn't say his inexperience is really a flaw. He's just a kid. You know, he's I, I don't consider 
I, I think that I that Hank just appeals more to me because it is like a story of a man who is struggling a lot with realizing that he doesn't recognize the confines in which he's kept. Like he doesn't uh, he doesn't realize kind of the structure that ha- has been promised to him doesn't actually meet his expectations. Mm-hmm. Bobby, Bobby just is less relatable to me, I guess. Bobby's a great highlight reel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like he in any episode, even if it's not a Bobby episode or if he's heavily not featured in there at all, he's he's great jokes, the great f- bits, great quotes. Um, the fucking big boy episode where he becomes a model. Like what an absolutely fucking oh, stellar episode that yeah. is. You know what I mean? Um, it's a shame that it's Bobby versus Hank. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like they yeah. are so they there's just so many moments together that they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And like I said, growing up, I projected hard on fucking Bobby. Yeah. Wanting to to be in fucking comedy or or do something mm-hmm. that your parents simply don't understand and will never be able to grasp their right. heads around. Also being a chubby little fucking fat kid. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. But there was certainly the, a time that it switched and it was like, all right, I need to learn about insurance and taxes and fiscal responsibility. Right. Um, and just being surrounded by like people in an older generation who can't really cope with the changing times of PC culture and the like uh, makes me just really take another hard look at Hank and realize, wow, this is pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. The older generations really can't adjust very well, can they? I know they cannot. No, Ben, they cannot. Uh, Hank is moving on. Uh, I, I think we're all in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our other semifinal bracket, absolute bloodshed. There's really no question. Uh, Khan is going to lose here, and Peggy's moving on. No fuck, Peggy. <laughs> uh, Khan is so much better than Peggy. Uh, he adds more to the show. He rarely, rarely, if ever, detracts from it. Sure. Peggy, that's pretty much a one of her character abilities is, right. ah, this episode would have been better if Peggy wasn't in it as much. Um, I think she's a better antagonist than Khan because of that reason. Yeah, let, let's, let's remember that the we're looking for the better character, like character within the show. Like, does better show come out of having Peggy in it or of having Khan in it is, is how I'm trying to think about it. Mm. I think out of all of the traditional. Uh, shit, I already forgot it. I was going to be sound real smart for two seconds. So uh, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll go here. Uh, I think that what I most get out of King of the Hill is the story of somebody whose world is changing and doesn't know how to relate to it. And I think in that world, the inclusion of Khan into the structure of the suburban life, this this outsider, this tech person uh, kind of coming in, invading their territory, mm-hmm. it brings more out of the story than I think Peggy does. And for that reason, I think that Khan is maybe the better character here. I, I remembered what it was. I completely agree with that, by the way, heavily. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, the traditional conflicts, uh, man versus nature, man versus man, man versus self. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Khan and Hank is the man versus self. They are the same yeah. person with the same struggle from different sides, separated by a mere fence. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I my my only defense for Peggy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. 
Uh, my only defense for Peggy, as I will say this, in pro wrestling, the, the true mark of a good heel mm -hmm. is that you are made to hate that character. You are not supposed to like that character. They're the bad guy. That's why you don't like them. Heels. She's she's not a heel though, because you don't want to see are her lose. Yeah, she's John Cena. She got a hard push. No one likes her, but <laughs> she, I mean, you're now she's just memes. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right about that. Um, but <laughs> I think she is supposed to be the heel. I think she's the heel that you are expecting. She's Kurt Angle in the '90s, the character that you are expected that we all think you're gonna like. Cut lace boots, great, wonderful, arrogant intelligence, integrity whatever the fucking three eyes are yeah an arrogant naive stubborn idiotic character that's why she's such a good antagonist for the story because everything about her you think you should like but because of the person she is you absolutely hate her that's why she's the best character that's why i don't because i don't think that she's an ant you know you guys have kept saying antagonist i don't think she's an antagonist i think she, I is. Think she is like flank she flank she is like hank she is a flawed individual who does not i think that's why she's the antagonist <laughs> she does not act accurately perceive her you know surrounding environment and like doesn't act in accordance with her and it causes her a lot of grief i don't know i i see her as someone i i, I like some, sometimes pathetic i never see her as an antagonist though i mean some of the best antagonists are the ones that no, you know, they don't think that they're the antagonist, right? That's what makes a good villain, you know? I don't think you're going to move me on this one. I, mean, but, uh... I know Khan is already losing or is winning this one, but I, I think there is an argument that Peggy is the best antagonist in the show. I, I think we can't even all agree that she is an antagonist. I, I'm not going to follow you there. I'm... Mr. Frodo, don't go where I can't follow. <laughs> Potatoes. Um, um, so Khan moves on. Yeah, Khan moves on. I mean, fine, whatever. This bracket's fucking stupid. It's Hank. <laughs> it's Hank versus Khan in our final matchup. I don't think Khan should win this one, and I'm just going to throw out my Hail Mary now to get it out of the way. Sure. Um, King of the Hill absolutely can exist without Khan. It can't exist without Hank. I... Khan is a foil is is the thing. Yep. I, I, it, it is the deliberate foil to Hank to show us a more different Hank uh, that inspires some amount of antagonism between the two of them. There is that class commentary angle that I won't stop mentioning. Uh, it, Hank's just he's just more of a character. Yep. I, I can't I, I don't see how you can walk away from it and say that uh, Khan is a better character than Hank. I, yeah, I. Sorry. The one, the one thing I, 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 I do want to say, and once again, both of the things that I've said in this bracket, while I initiated it with, and this is why Khan should win, have both been pro Hank. Um, one of the best things in this show is that Hank's entire character is caring too much, and his sense of duty to fix everything, mm -hmm. except. For Khan, he just doesn't give a shit. Anything that Khan does to try to foil him or to get his goat or whatever, he just, it's the one thing he can brush off and he cannot brush off anything. He's super white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But like, Ted Wasanasan, by the way. Yeah, just, just one of your favorite Secret characters. underdog. Uh, but, but at the same time... <laughs> Super duper. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you look at the, you look at the Manic Man, uh, the Manic Man episode. It's Hank. Hank is the one who helps Khan in that episode. Mm-hmm. Or Manic... Yeah, Manic Man. Man. Manic Minute, I think is what the episode's called. Well, it's Khan that's Manic. Yeah, but I, th- I feel like it's called Manic Miniverse. Oh, okay. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, because they were trying to play off Manic Mondays was like the, the gimmick, I, I gotcha. think, or something. Um, it's Hank that has to, that finally has to step up and help him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it it's such a goofy, weird episode, and that whole season's really weird. Yeah. Um, but I really wish we had gotten a payoff, and they, like, we don't get the payoff for it. So that is very, I, yeah. I think what's interesting about Khan coming in is you very clearly see that Khan's they they both have like a we have to they both have the same kind of instinct of uh, I have to care for my family. The difference, I think, the the big difference, and this is like maybe one of the subtler points of the show, is that uh, with Khan, his family is Min and Khan Junior, which I still love that. Um, Hank's family is everyone it's it's his whole neighborhood it's his world mm-hmm. you know it, like very clearly loves and cares for bill dale con as well when he comes into the picture kind of everybody around him uh is and i think that's sort of the suburban caring feel that uh con is is initially pretty resistant to but eventually kind of lets lets hank into his circle as well yeah and yeah. I realize this isn't actually an argument for one character over another. Yeah. I just thought that it was cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I love the uh, similarities too between Hank and his father and Khan and his father-in-law. Right, where they yeah. are these oh. otherworldly, almost untouchable military figures yep. that you will never yeah. get the approval of, mm-hmm. regardless of how hard they legitimately try. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So Red Rooster Sauce. I guess at the end of the day, by Hank winning this bracket, Khan wins this bracket. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we kind of always... Here's the thing. It's not a fair bracket. We love all of these characters so deeply. Correct. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Ben. (laughs) I don't want want any of them to lose. I I love Dale. I wouldn't want him to lose any contest I ever put him in, but I, I... there is a reason that Hank is like one of the best cartoon characters of all time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hank, I mean, it, it, Hank I, Hill's the Daria. What are you of doing? King of the Hill? It is too late. Amazing. It's too late for you to make that reference. OK, uh, amazing. Hank is winning this one. Yep. Uh, I, I completely agree. Uh and you know what? If you like Hank of the, if you like Hank of the Hell, good lord. One more thing before you go on to yeah. these. Um, I think out of anyone that's ever been on the show, and I think out of anyone that's in King of the Hill, yeah, there's no one who should identify more with Hank than you, because you are the only two people, one fictional, one not, who would ever be sexually attracted to Peggy Hill. <laughs> It's, I thought you were gonna go with the narrow urethra and no I thought, ass thing. I was expecting a bussy reference for some fucking no, reason. Absolutely not. Because uh, I think we both would cringe at that word easily. Um, one, 
If you liked our bussies, check out the other bussies. Fucking hate you. Hopefully your friends too. (laughs) Um, No, I agree. Um, There there is a moment where we both found Peggy sexually attractive. Uh, I have very much... It's been well documented on this show. You know how I know you don't listen to the show, Tim? Uh, I've very well made it very clear that hot mom energy is a thing that I am very into. Either hulking green muscular women mm-hmm. or hot milfs that will bang you out real quick between soccer practice and ballet mm-hmm. i have made it v- oh so like the uh so like the mom from big hero six oh yeah bend that over and let me tap that you know what i mean yeah, like shut like i shuddered from that one like yes i am like a shutter door yeah <laughs> Good? Bad? Yes, I like How do it. you guys do the show? It's, Who fucking knows? We, to be honest, <laughs> we're usually tapped out and not listening at this point. So, uh, but look, if you like if you like these hot milfs, check out the other hot milfs that we have on the show or uh, at the network. Yeah, why not? Sure, Tim. As per usual, plug whatever the fuck you want. I don't care anymore. Yeah, sure. Sundays is a grim stream of perilous lore. Dan talks about old world stuff. It's Ugh. Warhammer. It's on a stream. It's on twitch.tv slash professional casual network. Mondays is Lost Omens. It's a podcast with Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It's a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. It's got me. It's got this other guy here, Ben. Uh, probably playing my absolute fucking favorite character yeah. out of anything and anything Aww. ever. Fucking Curva. Go on now. Uh, oh my god, the, forever the mop fucking thing got me. The, do you even know how to mop? <laughs> you know how to mop a demon boy? <laughs> bet you you don't. <laughs> I will regularly just play that clip if I need to pick me up. Like, yeah. I don't know why. It just fucking gets me every time. Uh, there's a lot of Hank Hill and there's a lot of Bobby Hill quotes, but I quote Curva from Los Omas <laughs> podcast probably more than anything else. Regularly saying, I get a lot of enjoyment out of him too. Regularly oh, tell God. people, don't be sorry, be better. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Um, I don't think that's a Curva original, but I'll, I'll take or, it. Oh fuck, I ate nerds rope. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was <laughs> everyone needs to go over and check out the Lost Omens podcast. It's an absolute delight. Drops every Monday. Videos on the Patreon. Tuesday currently is when we're dropping. Wait, did I roll a wild? In Marvel Crisis Marvel Crisis Protocol vlog. It's pretty good. It's on the YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow us over Literally, there. Literally, you don't even have to like Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, to like that because we get so off topic most of the time, much like this show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, must like these plugs. Wednesday uh, is when we drop all the extra stuff on the Patreon. That's also when Dan's uh, Settling the Southlands campaign is going to be coming out. That's his homebrew and Warhammer 4th edition. with furpin it hard. Yep. Thursday is a grim podcast of Perilous Adventure. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th edition actual play podcast. We are currently in book two of the Enemy Within campaign. Uh, book two is Death on the Reich. Make sure to check that out. Friday, you're already listening to it. It's Elite Eight Showdown, the number one professional casual network podcast that's also on Pornhub. I mean, I don't know what else you'd possibly fucking need. I'm fucking here for it, bud. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is the show now. That's this, it. That's this is where we're at. That's what we do. Oh, yeah. The power phases on Monday nights, too. Yeah, nobody watches Your that. Your Monday night crisis fights. It's hella tight, all right? Uh, no, you want to know how I know nobody watches that? Hmm. Because Thrillash Gaming is getting a fucking free sub that uh, next month, or what would have been last month. That's how I know. Uh, that's how I know nobody watches that show. I don't get to choose who gets it. That's what's really annoying. But when you when you gift a sub on Twitch, you don't get to choose who gets it. 
it just randomly gives it to one person who has watched the show. Oh, yeah. Because gotcha. otherwise I would not have given it to Taylor because Taylor's like already on the show all the time. Yeah. So you should head over there and you get a free Twitch sub mm-hmm. occasionally. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, hold on. I got to go troll the discord real quick. Um, would that be, you know, check out our friends and hopefully you're soon. Ben. In the wise, yes, Chuck. In the wise words of Adam Cole, get your shit in. Where can people find you on the internet, bud? Yeah. Uh, well, you can find uh, me and my brother doing a cartoon review podcast, the Cartoncast. You can find us at fancybat.com slash cartoncast. We do it uh, semi-regularly these days, um, about every couple of weeks. If you want to request us to look at a show, you can go to our contact page and request one. Uh, also, The Watchtower is a podcast I do with my buddy Gary about uh, Justice League, uh, the original Justice League series. It's an episode by episode rundown, and it's a lot of fun. Find us at the Wax Nostalgic Network. Beautiful. Uh, you guys just dropped the Dr. Stone at time of recording Dr. Stone episode. We did. We talked about Dr. Stone because we uh, because we're uh, in person and because I don't feel like taking notes right now because if you remember early in the episode depression, uh, we just kind of do whatever we've been watching lately and uh, and talk about it. So it, it's very unstructured right now. But uh, the Dr. Stone episode, the, the show has been a lot of fun for us to watch together and uh yeah i mean we, we just we just chatted about it we chatted chatted it up big chatters big chatters over there big chatters uh, actually i su- so i i listened to it. i super delegate uh I, i've been also getting caught up on the backlog of course go check out the uh dino trucks episode that's like the best episode ever uh <laughs> i will be so sad if that's what i get remembered for <laughs> The amount of ether that you just spit at your brother during that episode for making <laughs> for him making you watch it is just absolutely priceless. Also, shout out to uh, it's a very early episode with like in the like in the single digits episodes. Uh, King Arthur and his King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Yeah, what a fucking show that ended up being. Uh, it's, That's fucking crazy. It's a weird fucking show. It's great. Anyway, uh, yeah, super, super love it. Thanks for being on. We're going to bring Ben back on for season three. Yeah, I don't yeah, know please what. Do. I don't know what. We'll find something to talk about. Yeah, with probably something cartoon related. Probably, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. We could do movies. I go crazy. I've got. Uh, let's not get carried away. I mean, we might bring him on for the Will Smith episode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, should, that episode is going to happen one way or another. Mm. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, fuck our friends. We're not going to plug them this week. Ah, fuck it. Hey, what about Joe Gennaro? Yeah, I actually love that guy. Oh, super shout out. Actually, uh, we didn't do one this episode. I'm going to do it right now. Sorry, we are so sorry. Please accept our apologies. Hopefully, Joe, you stayed until this fucking end, which is now our longest episode ever. Yep. I was supposed to record last week with Joe. Uh-huh. Um, you messaged me. Actually, yes. you're like, "Hey, Joe's trying to get a hold of you," and I, my, my heart dropped. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, "Fuck!" <laughs> I was supposed to record like 20 minutes ago with him and with a book I haven't read, and I'm here on the couch in my underwear watching both of my kids because my wife is not here. I, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> I was terrified. Uh-huh. And as uh, the person who normally has to corral a bunch of people on this network to yep. be on time and actually fucking do their shit. I felt so fucking awful. Uh-huh. 
Um, so let me tell you about that. Not only because he doesn't message me like, hey, where the fuck is Tim? Because I can't get a hold of him. Like, what the fuck's going on? His response is, is Tim OK? Because I can't get a hold of him. like Joe Gennaro is an absolute treasure he's of a human absolute being. treasure. And when I told him, I was like, man, I'm sorry. And he's like, do you need to reschedule? And I was like, could we? And he's like, yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. Man. It happens more often than you think. Couldn't have been more understanding. Yeah. Just, he's what? A, just a fucking just a Ashley. You know what? He goes on to wreck my podcast and he fucking defends the Snyder cut. To hit, like literally, he gets on top of that hill with a fucking dagger and a shield that is made out of paper and says, bring it on, you motherfuckers, and defends that fucking movie till the day he goddamn dies. And I absolutely love Joe Gennaro as a human being. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like, but anyway, good for him. Make sure to check out the comic book rundown. Only the comic book rundown. Fuck all the other shows that we plug on here. Yeah specifically except for the ones that we plug, just plugged for ben yeah no awesome. I, no we love ben yeah medium-sized ben is the best thing ever but fuck any other show we've ever plugged except for the comic book run, run down the carton cast and the uh, watchtower but uh at time that, that this is coming out uh there's probably an episode coming out of chitty chats that i'm on hopefully if i remember to wake up and record <laughs> this week and also uh we read and reviewed um wanted one of my favorite mark millar graphic novels oh there you go you got on you got on chitty chats? I did get on chitty chats. I have not been on chitty chats yet. That hurts my feelings, Joe Gennaro, but that's okay. I told uh, you that I turned also, down uh, uh, the you, Howard the Duck movie, right? Did you really I wanted to be on that? Can you hit the apology button real quick? No. Oh. Sorry, we are so sorry. Please accept our apologies. Joe, uh, this is why Joe Gennaro is the greatest person in the world. He literally messages me in the episode that had just dropped the Bussy episode where I said, hey, Joe Gennaro, I'm going to bring you on for the season finale. And he goes, hey, you want me to do the season finale? I'm totally game for it. Let me know what we're going to do. And I forgot that we had already recorded the season finale. And I was like, fuck, Joe, I'm so sorry. So Joe will be on the season premiere uh for season three season three yeah because i completely forgot joe Gennaro is an absolute treasure of a human being and i love him so much he's not medium-sized ben cute but he's a fucking delight of a human being and i absolutely love him Mm -hmm. oh are people still listening ladies and gentlemen boys and girls cats and scrolls with that being said i have been your host at big chuck for tim you have fucking ruined my life and i hope you're proud of it france we say goodbye stay safe and remember to leave the blood on the bracket because this apparently is still a lead eight showdown Oh, what do we normally end on? Oh, I fucking hate this show. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, it's your boy and host of Elite Eight Showdown, Big Chuck. Do you have a business? online store, Facebook, Instagram, OnlyFans, or anything else that you would want to advertise on Elite Eight Showdown? Well, we want you to sponsor the brackets. Right now, we are offering you the opportunity to advertise your business, product, or anything else. Maybe you're a cosplayer, performer, artist, musician looking to reach new fans. Maybe you're a gamer or content creator who wants to get their Twitch, Facebook gaming, YouTube, or podcast advertised. 
Right now in this introductory offer, you can sponsor one bracket over four shows for just $10. That's right, just $10 and you'll get a month worth of advertising. Nobody is offering a deal like this. Email us for review and approval at theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com in the subject line. Put Elite 8 Showdown Bracket Application. Give us just a brief description of what you'd like to advertise as well as any links for approval. All applications will be considered and reviewed before approval. Elite 8 Showdown has hundreds of downloads every show all over the world and we are growing and gaining more every week. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. Subject line, Elite 8 Showdown, bracket ad application.